0: What is Undertale? Undertale is my Nier Automata.
1: Fuck off. Okay, you know, you know <laughs> what
0: I was thinking? It totally is. It completely shut is. Up, it up. Absolutely... Okay, here's the thing, Dave. Here's <laughs> the thing. If Nier Automata starred a fat guy in a wife beater, you wouldn't give a shit about that game.
1: God, it's not about
2: because you, you not you wouldn't about have the your vessel, weird you wouldn't John.
0: have your weird sexy maid robot. Brian, yeah. back me up on this.
3: No, yeah, you, yeah like, you'd just be like, no, you're
2: you're, like a, this you're, you're,
3: you're, you're uh, playing this game, but it's got
0: something pretty to look at.
4: Yep,
1: <sighs> it's it's just it's absolutely not about the vessel it's at so all. So shallow,
0: yeah. God, <laughs> really, Neve. Like, yeah, some, me so sad. at some point, you have to look beyond the surface and see what's really there. And sometimes it's a funny skeleton who says things.
3: They both have really good music. Mm-hmm. They're very similar games, <laughs> if you think
0: about it. And they're both kind of
3: hard to describe.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: but the soundtrack is great.
0: When I described... I made a joke last night about how being a YouTuber is like the continuous cycle of murder that happens in near Automata. I've been thinking about that a lot since.
1: <laughs> how Nier is like being a YouTuber.
0: Yeah, because it's just fucking misery and then like you do a video and a bunch of shit happens and then you just start again the next day
3: john do you you know what'd be so cool it it might not come out this year but maybe next year there'll be like a game that comes out on steam that costs like under ten dollars that you'll find and then you'll try and get us to play Mm -hmm. like you do but it'll be an existential (laughs) horror game about a youtuber
0: oh my god wouldn't that be amazing these games
1: are gonna suck so bad Who cares about
0: YouTubers? No, no, no arguments. Like, YouTubers, lowest fucking creatures on this planet. Uh, Like, parasites suckling at the very bottom of humanity. uh, No arguments. uh, 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 But uh, you could make such a scary game. Being a YouTuber is terrifying. Yeah, but just like a a
3: shitty JRPG maker looking game, like, that doesn't even look as good as Witch's House. Because Witch's House looks great, but either way, it's a bit, you know, scale back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just something real simple looking, like, Corpse Party. Have, but it's just a guy in his room making youtube videos and sometimes there's a ghost on screen and he goes oh no she's back
1: what type of youtuber is he
0: like John. just the lowest kind like, <laughs> fucking, an like anime, anime, anime reviewer <laughs> something pathetic just some like kind of buff something anime you have to lie like. about in public
3: what do you say Ryan? but buff anime guy just some hunk who's trying to figure it out and all he's got between his ears is goku
0: welcome To the Let's Fight a Bosscast, episode 71. Mm -hmm. I am sitting here with two of the most prehistoric beings to ever exist. To my left, I have King of the Primates, Master of the Apes. It's Brian. Yours good. I want my bananas back. To my right, I have the Sharptooth, the Apex Predator. It's Neve. Hello. And with you always... I'm your host, John.
3: Super eyepatchable.
0: I mean, maybe. Who knows at this point? It's me, Josh. It's me, (laughs) Josh. Great video, (laughs) Josh. Me and Brian have this running joke for years where, um, from a grad film I posted online, me and Brian both put our grad films on Vimeo, Yeah. and they both ended up getting onto the front page of Vimeo through some... Through some trickery, we'll say.
3: Yeah, through some bribery.
0: And like we'd never experienced any kind of internet publicity like that, really. Yeah, like comments from strangers. Yeah, and the first comments that was my video was just under my video was, Hey, great video, Josh. (laughs) Way to take it down a notch. (laughs) So sometimes I
3: call John Josh. Yeah. Just because it's kind of like, no, like I kind of
0: half remember your name. Yeah. But it just keeps you in check it does it does um, so let me tell you I was watching a little show called Gregory's Horror Show so but this is a video game if that sounds familiar at all it's because Gregory's Horror Show is a Playstation 2 I guess you would say survival horror but it's not really have you ever played it and you've ever seen it no is it
1: Japanese very
0: okay yeah it's like and it's done like in a cardboard box style all the characters look like paper craft yeah and it's, um, it's a really fucking cool game with an amazing aesthetic that isn't that great a game, but it's basically, you're in this giant hotel, and it's a weird haunted hotel run by this really creepy rat. And you have to... The hotel is infested with other guests who are all, like, super weird, dangerous creatures. There's, like, a giant pink lizard who's a nurse. There's this guy called judgment boy who like has scales and asks you weird questions
1: is the rat human size or rat sized? human size okay
0: yeah very important very important the the lizard nurse is slightly bigger there's a chef who gets very angry and basically you follow all the guests around and you have to like figure out their weaknesses and their secrets and that's how you kind of defeat them and advance the game and it's you know, it's not the best playing game. It's janky and it's weird, but it is so interesting. But I was looking for... I was looking into a bunch of, like, horror anime and stuff because for reasons that'll be obvious by the time this podcast goes up. But it turns out Gregory's Horror Show was actually based on an... I get an anime. You'd say an anime, but it's like a th- it's like a 3D thing. And you know the way when people say, oh, it looks like a PlayStation 2 cutscene? This... Actually, looks like a PlayStation Two cutscene. This could be a PlayStation One cutscene. It is really rudimentary, but you know what? It's fucking cool. I have no idea how this came to be. Brian, imagine if imagine if we found out the Kitaru man had an anime and it was four seasons long. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be up for that. Yeah, totally. And that's what this is like. And it is one hundred percent. Is it four seasons long? Four seasons. Okay. Twenty-five episodes a season. Two minutes per episode.
1: Who is funding this?
0: I have... Th- that's the thing. The Prime Minister of Japan. The Prime Minister. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Shogun himself. I love <laughs> Gregory Harsha. And it is exactly as weird as the PlayStation game. Like, it has the same voice acting. It has the same tone. It has an English dub. You can watch all of it on YouTube. There's some anime out there that doesn't have an English dub. Oh, to- there's so many. And I just... Word 4 doesn't have you know. a <laughs> job. No, but Gregory's Horror Show. <laughs> sure, and a pretty good one. And I'm just kind of enthralled by this thing. Because it is actually entertaining. Like, it's, it's, it's mildly creepy in a sort of unsettling way. But it's also just, it's completely its own thing. Like, I've never seen anything like this. And I've been having a really good time with it.
1: In the game, if you're following characters around... What's the main character in the series?
0: You are a little boy or a little girl who gets trapped in Gregory's Hotel. Yeah. And there's also a manga, but the manga's really fucked up. Like, in the manga, you're like... uh, I think think there's, like, a different... There's different parts with different main characters, just like Jojo. And, like, all the characters have, like, really awful backstories, and they kind of all just end up becoming guests of the hotel. Like, the hotel is like a... It's like a land, it's like a, like a vessel of lost souls kind of thing. And I really think people should check this out. If you've got an afternoon to kill and you just want to experience a weird piece of animation that is unlike anything else, this has a really weird, unique atmosphere. Really strange, fun, offbeat tone to it. And it looks cool. Like, it looks like a shitty PS2 cutscene. Those can look great sometimes. I'm going to loot drop it later, but it's, I like it a lot. Nice. Mm-hmm. Niamh tell us about you want to tell us about your friend Thelma
1: Thelma yeah <laughs> she's a sensitive girl she sure is so Thelma is a Norwegian movie that I like just ordered on Blu-ray on a whim because I found out it was like a lesbian film so I took a chance on it I thought it was going to be Carrie-esque from the trailer like it's about this repressed Catholic lesbian going to college realizing she's gay not being able to act on it And then her powers start manifesting. I thought it was going to get like super carry, violent. Not violent, but kind of just more horror-esque. But it kind of is more of a coming-of-age X-Men film. It's just just really weirdly interesting. Because there isn't a lot of good lesbian films with nice relationships in it. So to have this one come out of Norway with a budget that looks kind of cool, it's really interesting
0: need could you be honest with me for a second yes do lesbians have superpowers yes I fucking knew
3: it i fucking knew it yeah one time i saw girlfriend fly just for a second
4: yeah
3: that <laughs> she was just floating a bit and i was like I,
0: and she kind of looked at me like what I walked into a room once and Neve was levitating a chair and there was like purple rays and stuff. And she just goes, oh shit. And she like tried not to look at me and the chair fell on the ground. And I was like, hey Neve And she, she didn't say anything.
1: Okay, so Thelma and the power... I want to talk about the power thing and like repression and stuff because there's this thing with Thelma. She's like an Omega level mutant. She is Charles Professor Jean Grey yeah. Yeah, level mutant.
0: Those are like the mutants with like massive natural disaster level powers, right?
1: They can, like, they're, they're telepaths and they can, like, control and they telekinesis and they can do cosmic fire while Jean can and stuff. They can go back from the dead. Yeah, like, she's just, like, she's OP powerful and she is from the start. So you're, like, you're watching someone who blinks people in and out of existence. And it's done really well in the film and it looks cool. But then there's one stage where her father says to her, that her power is to get what she wants and then you have this lesbian romance in it as well and there's this idea if she's like like a telepathic and stuff is it really like the girlfriend's like anja's like her her exercising free will and that kind of comes into it and that's kind of like spooky
0: because that could be kind of fucked up if they didn't work it into the story but that sounds really cool
1: it gets um it's just a really interesting x-men film if you like x-men and lesbian films there you go there's one that exists now
0: <laughs> it's really cool that someone made a film specifically for you Nave. Yeah. yeah is
3: yeah. Uh, this a long film it, it, it just sounds like it could be like over two hours because no, there's no. a lot going on
1: yeah but there isn't really no. like she goes to college she's the only christian in the school they're all like they're all norwegian so they're all like atheists and they're like oh like how do you believe in god and she's just like how do you know your mobile phone works and they have this the guy doesn't know because he's an idiot. But, like, it's just, like, she, like she doesn't seem very repressed by the people around her, but she's repressed by her father at home. But it's because she's mutant powers as well that he's repressing her with religion. So it's just, like, it becomes, like, um, this interesting thing of repressing someone, but her also being actively dangerous.
0: Mm. Well, like, the... I, I, like... I've seen kind of various essays kind of arguing like it back and forth, but like for a lot of people, it wasn't like, you know, the idea of the X Men that was a big like outsider thing. That was a thing that you know people. Yeah, it was about being different black. minorities. Yeah, being black in the '60s yeah. and mm-hmm. gay in the '70s and '80s. Yeah, and like I've seen people, I've I've, I've seen I've seen like people like I think Gita Jackson had an article ages ago where it's like, no, it wasn't that because the X Men's what made them different made them powerful but that's not what being a minority is like which is like I think there's a just that's totally a discussion to be had there as well but I think it is interesting and I've always liked that about the X-Men I've always thought that was a cool thing
3: Mm -hmm. well they're born with their powers they didn't get them from something when
1: you watch X Men, you're really hoping for them to deal with plainly maybe the idea like of gayness, and you're like, can there be like an LGBT character in something that's meant to be an allegory for all of these things? And there never is. Really,
0: there's no like out and out gay character in X Men.
1: Bobby, Iceman is gay now, but like that's a new kind of relatively new thing. Yeah, because yeah, I remember time there wasn't.
0: it's weird because I remember yeah. them like tiptoeing around that in the original trilogy do you remember that Mm -hmm. there's a pair there's a part where his mom says to him like have you ever just tried not being a mutant or something like that yeah i i just always assumed that was part of his character that's fucking crazy that they're like now doing that
1: it's like it was never outrightly stated um so to have something like telma where it's actively dealing with this kind of idea of a mutant and powers and Mm. like the repression causing them or being the root cause or whatever it's it's cool to have it's like X Men fan fiction, but her, an um, film.
3: but so so I guess it's her like like realizing that she's gay and using that as an anchor. Cams her and controls her, or
1: no, no, it's like she when she's it's kind of her powers manifest themselves in different ways, and this is the thing you never really know exactly what her powers are when That's she's cool. a young girl. Like she has a little brother who's just crying and crying and crying, and then she looks at him and she blinks him out of existence, and the parents are like where where has he gone where is he and like they're looking at her because she was the one left with him and she looks really really intensely under the couch and blinks the baby back into existence under this really heavy mahogany couch and the parents have to lift it off and they're looking at her like how did you get this baby under this thing we can't lift and the baby's okay but like it's it was this thing where this child is really really powerful so they kind of took it this as this kind of biblical thing, and they tried to use Catholicism. I don't think the mom really believes in it, but the father really used that as an anchor to try and repress this power she has.
0: That sounds that sounds cool. That yeah, sounds it's, it's really interesting.
1: Cool.
3: Brian, yeah,
0: tell us about the Florida Project.
3: Have either of you seen this film? No. You both need to see the Florida Project. It's fantastic. This is Sean Baker's second film. Uh, he made a film two or three years ago called Tangerine, uh, which I really, really like as well. Uh, both those films, I guess, are kind of kitchen sink films, which would be a term used by Ken Loach in the UK, where you film on location and you keep the budget pretty low, but you use a lot of like local kind of character actors and you don't really build sets. Um, And you kind of improvise on the day what you have around you. And you kind of hope for the best. And usually the results are really kind of, like, experimental but super interesting. Mm. Uh, The Florida Project, it has, like, a loose narrative. But a lot of it is just kind of, like, ten-minute, like, short stories. Uh, But they all kind of, like, tell one big long story. But it's about... um, A little girl and her friends, and it's all from their perspective, all from a low angle. And uh, the main girl and her mom, who is in her early 20s and covered in tattoos and doesn't really have her life together, uh, live in a uh, one-bed motel room. And that's their home. And I think they're in a situation where they can live there for, like, a couple nights and then they have to leave for a night because you can't because it's not a live-in situation at the motel but then there's other people living in the motel as well so it's like this weird community so it's like a more like focused apartment complex but all live-ins in the motel and the motel is on the outskirts of the main road out to disneyland in orlando florida and it's called the florida project because that was the code name for disney world when they were building it
1: so as it stuff to do with disney world do they go to disney world
3: um yeah like kind of it it it, it It's uh, there in the background, and I think it's supposed to be a commentary on the American Dream, and, like, it's this magical place, and, like, the kids know about it, but instead they're, like, hanging out in abandoned buildings near swamps, and there's this fear that there might be alligators, and... So it's kind of
1: seen, like, the Disneyland castle in the distance while living this kind of different life.
3: Yeah, and they have to beg for food most days, and they're on their summer break as well. So they're not at school. So it's just this three or four month break where they're just kind of like looking for stuff to do and they're not supervised at all. So it's just, that sounds really cool. So it's just three kids playing with a lighter.
0: That's like the perfect Brian film.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: I think you've met that film. Yeah. Yeah. No,
3: I, I I remember, I, I could relate to a lot of these bits and pieces from my childhood as well. Um, but because it's always from the child's perspective, you, like it, it, it'll hint at darker stuff, but you don't really get to get the full picture of it. But that's what I like as well—that there's this sense of mystery, and there's a few scenes in a row where the girl is uh, having a bath, and there's uh, loud music blaring off camera, and it happens for a couple of scenes in a row, and you're kind of like. All right, so why is the director doing this? But then you find out why the director is doing it, and you're like, "That's such a clever technique to reveal this story beat." Um, Willem Dafoe, uh, I think he was Oscar nominated. I don't know if I, I don't think he won, did he? But he, I, I, he was Oscar nominated. But he plays the hotel man or the motel manager. He's amazing in this. He's just this tired old man who's fucking fed up with these damn kids. And yeah,
4: no, the, the
0: Oscars for perverts, anyway. did you see what won Best Picture? Disgusting. John, it's
2: true one?
3: shape of water, the fucking, the fish uh, fucking movie.
0: John? I was
1: just like, God, what could offend you so? And John, John, like... John's just a fish folk uh,
0: Hey, hey, I'm, I'm a pretty open-minded guy, but I draw this line somewhere, and it's a fucking fish. Uh, there's a great bit in the film where Willem Dafoe, uh,
3: and like this is definitely improvised, where uh, he's trying to clear the car park, but there's a bunch of herons, like just giant fucking herons are just standing in the car park and he's like, come on guys, get off the road, C- keep going. And like, it's just shot like so well. Do you ever
0: see the heron that lives in our apartment block? No. it's one down by the river and he's fucking huge. And sometimes I go for my 11 o'clock walk and I get so scared. They're, they're so tall. Yeah.
3: Um, But the film, holy shit, it's shot so well. And it has like the nicest color correction, color grading. So it just has these beautiful, loud pastel... Uh, like lavenders and pinks everywhere Um, and they really, 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 really push that richness so it has this really, really nice contrast. Okay, sold. Uh, Yeah, that sounds great. And it's shot on film um, because the whole thing is Sean Baker, like, he's real fucking, like, I I didn't, like, uh, his previous film, Tangerine, was shot on an iPhone 6. Like, he shot a feature film on an iPhone 6. But he shot it in sunny LA so I think if you have, like, Beautiful, natural lighting. Doesn't matter if you have, like, a shitty camera. The footage is going to come out great. Because that's what... Because that's why they filmed movies in Hollywood hundred years ago. Because you didn't need to light the sets. Because there was sunlight for oh. the whole day. Huh. So, you know all those, like, old-timey Charlie Chaplin movies? Yeah. There's no there's no ceilings in those sets. Like, that's all just shot. That's crazy. Yeah. But I, I, I highly recommend both this, of both, both them. This T- like, I love Tangerine. Ta- uh, his first film, yeah, Tangerine, is about... Two transgender prostitutes, and it's a day in the life.
1: Oh, I think I've
0: seen this.
3: Yeah, it's really good. And Ziggy from The Wire is in it as a pimp.
4: Oh,
0: <laughs> he's really crap. Ziggy, was he the the dock worker? Yeah, with the
4: who giant went penis. To jail? Yeah.
0: Jesus, that last shot of Ziggy's fucking rough.
4: Yeah, he,
2: yeah.
0: What
3: um, a season. I can't wait to see what Sean Baker makes next. Like. Um, It'd be it'd be cool if he just makes a film like this every two years and just maybe has one or two known actors, but just try something every single time. I don't. He's just real good at capturing Americana. Cool. Sounds awesome.
0: Um, I read, or I have started reading the Golden Kamuy, and this is a manga that's been getting like pretty popular in kind of certain circles. I've seen kind of a lot of
1: the JoJo artists. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's YouTube's like artists. it's <laughs> like it's the
0: next thing that the JoJo and Yakuza girls are into. Yeah. And so I got curious because I found like a hard copy of it and I was like, oh, cool. And so um, I picked it up and read it and I sat down for one evening and just like inhaled the first six chapters. This is fucking great. This is really, really good. I am very excited for the anime adaptation. It takes place in like, I think it's like the start of the start of the 20th century, like 1906, I think. And it's like pre-World War I Japan. And it's this soldier called, they call him like the immortal Sugimoto. And he's just this guy who can get the shit kicked out of him and somehow he survives. I don't think it's supernatural. I think he's just really tough. And it's about him teaming up with this little, I think, Anui, I think is how it's pronounced. Inui? Yeah, there's like a native Japanese people that are like...
3: From the northern
0: part of the island. Yeah, yeah. And they're like... The most kind of indigenous Japanese people there are.
3: Um, They're like hunter-gatherers. Yeah, yeah.
0: And um, he makes friends with a little girl, one of them, and she's a hunter. And the whole story is that there's this group of prisoners that broke out of jail. And each one of them has a tattoo on their body. And if you put all the tattoos together, it makes like a treasure map. But what they don't realize, what the prisoners didn't realize is the way that they're tattooed is that you have to skin them and put the maps together. That's
1: impossible. (laughs) It's not.
0: It's It's completely impossible. It's manga. You can do whatever you want in manga. (laughs) No, it's like they're, it's, it's the same way you skin an animal. Like the carvings.
1: Yeah, but how did the tattoo get on the inside?
0: Inside? No, and we're not. Yeah, and that's impossible. Neve, I think your imagination. I think
3: I think you're. I think you've.
1: What is happening here? I think
3: I think you're just having a wild time. In no, your it's brain. like they don't.
0: They're there's, there's no tattoo the inside
1: of their body. Where Ooh.
0: did you get that? <laughs> Where did that come from, I Niamh? Don't
1: know My mind went there, and I was like, "That's sick." He put
0: down <laughs> the drugs.
3: Dear listener, did you experience what Neve experienced? I yeah. Could was, someone <laughs>
0: please write in and just explain to us what just happened?
3: Did John just misexplain himself by explaining an
0: internal organ tattoo or
4: something? <laughs> yeah. because
0: well, no, it is my fault because I didn't expressly explain that they're not tattooed on the inside of their skin.
4: If that you have is a my a tattoo,
0: bad. and it's
3: not on the inside of your. It's on your. It's on the outside of your skin because that's what's available
0: externally.
1: But how could they not make sense of it if it's on the outside?
0: Because one has like half a tattoo and it's like from here yeah, it's like to here. Piece.
1: Yeah, but just draw it out, idiot. Well, like, that's, what they they that's what they do.
0: That's what they do. Give me a fucking second. What is wrong with you this evening? <laughs>
1: Why are they skinning people?
0: Because the person who gave them tattoos is a bad dude. Okay. <laughs> it's a very gory manga. It's really gory. They have to gory. get the gore somehow. There's all this... But, like, it's weird because, like, the gore is, like... It's all based on, like, old hunting techniques. Like, there's so many scenes where, like, the little girl is, like... This is how you skin a rabbit. See, you just cut it here. And then its skin comes off like a t-shirt. And you're like,
2: oh, my God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, The little girl, I can't remember her name. She's amazing. Yeah, the drawings of her are so cute. She, and, like, just the fate, like... They give her like the weirdest, the most like grumpy facial expressions and they're so funny and they're so cute. And it's cool because like with her and Sugimoto, they're like partners, like they're complete equals. And there's never a moment where he's like, you're pretty young and you're a girl. And then he, then she like proves herself. They're just from, from minute one, they're like, okay, we're going to find these prisoners and get that gold. And they're like, cool. And that's it. They're just, they're cool from that point on.
3: And they have a father daughter relationship.
0: So far, they're kind of just more. I, I would say they're more partners. Okay, but I'm only like ten chapters in, so maybe maybe it does get more father daughtery. Like you can tell they're slowly coming to give a shit about each other and watching their. And it's funny because like she'll try and do really nice things for him. Like they kill a bear and she's like, "Awesome, you can, you, I'm gonna give you the brain because the brain's like the delicacy." And he's like, "Oh," because he's just a regular Japanese dude. And then she's like, "Eat it." it's like the expression on her face is so fucking like she's like i'm trying i'm trying to do a nice thing for you and he does and he's like "Mm." (laughs) it's like it's it's really funny but then like it's it's such a cute manga but then like the action is really good as well when people like tussle it's like it's very clear what's happening and who's trying what and it, it just it feels great it's really good to read artwork's beautiful character writing is beautiful i still haven't a grasp for like the world of it because i'm just not far enough into it but like i can't wait to get back to it more it's been this is this is the best new series i've read in years like hands down i'm really really hope the the anime is good because if the if if this is a good adaption of this manga this is the next fucking super hit in anime and so um i am very hopeful Neil, what else is cool
1: Annihilation.
0: Is it cool? Is Yeah. It,
3: but is it cool?
1: I don't know. I have to sleep on it. Okay. But it's cool.
3: It stars Natalie Portman and a bunch of other cool ladies, doesn't it?
1: hmm So this, like, film has a really weird release. It's out in the cinema in the US and then in Europe and the UK and everywhere. It's a Netflix release. That's mm-hmm.
0: so strange. Like, I, I'd nearly be able to understand more if it was the opposite. Mm. But,
2: yeah.
3: It, it's... I... Honestly, I think it's to do with awards because, yeah, like, they the, really, the, they're yeah. probably not going for Oscars unless it's like unless it's VFX heavy. But like Saturn, uh, the, the one, the sci-fi Saturn Saturn Awards. Um, I, I I know with awards they have this thing where um, you have to have your movie in like ten cinemas running for a certain amount of time. So maybe they did that with the American box office, mm. and
1: from what I I what I've heard or what I think is happening is they were really they didn't think this film would do well at all so they sold it to Netflix because they were like that's how we're going to get money out of this because we're not going to get butts in seats seeing this so it's got a very limited release in America like not a lot of theatres got it Hmm. which is just like it's really weird because it's kind of like it's blockbustery level sci-fi just on Netflix like it's a really good two hour movie
3: It's
0: made by the guy who made Ex Machina, isn't it? Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: So, like, I've heard kind of a few things about this movie, but, like, the main things people are like, whoa, you you gotta see this. Is it, like, that level? Like, is it that good?
1: Like, it is, like, it's... This is, like, stuff I like. Like, it's, like... Like, it's about self, the sense of self or whatever. So it really appeals to me. So Mm -hmm. I think it's great. But, like, I don't know... I'm really surprised at the buzz about it, but a lot of people are like, "What does it mean, man?" I think it means what exactly what it is. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I, I don't think
1: there's it's... big a mystery to it.
0: Yeah, yeah. But it's about. I always get that with Inception. I don't know how people think Inception's a mind-blowing movie. Yeah, it's it it's dreaming a dream, and a, dream and a dream. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a heist film. Yeah.
1: But like with Annihilation, it's uh, this film where there is this. entity that ar- there's a meteor that arrives on Earth and it creates this shimmer. And there's been groups of military going in and not returning. They've sent in everyone and it just, well not everyone, a whole pile of groups of people and anyone who went in has never come out. So they finally decide to send in a kind of group of scientists and it's an all-female group and they go in and they figure out what the shimmer is. And it's just it's that mystery of them uncover, uncovering stuff with science which is a really interesting kind of sci-fi thing like they're not like their guns drawn they haven't natalie portman is their military expert but they're going in taking samples and trying to understand what it is but they have also gone in with the understanding that it is a suicide mission so everyone has a reason to not wanting to come back basically so you're finding out about the character's reasons for being there while you're finding out the truth about the shimmer. And I think all those both those things end in a very satisfying way. You're not left being like, huh? Like it explains what the shimmer is, it explains what their
3: deal is. Mm. That's good. Sometimes it's really, really hard to end these kind of films. Yeah. And usually usually the ending is the worst part of them because you don't get wowed or you don't get a satisfying ending.
0: I hate any science fiction movie that ends with we need to destroy the core
1: and it's such a thing like there's so many wows in this there's stuff in this that I haven't seen in other sci-fi before there's imagery in this that I was both this is gross and beautiful like I want to draw this but looking at this kind of makes me feel ill (laughs) like and there's characters who react in that way that are some like this is wow, what is this? And others that are like, I can't look at this because this is breaking my mind. That's so
0: cool. Holy shit.
1: So you're having like this people react to maybe the reality of how big the situation is or what it means to be in this situation and they're all reacting differently. And there's one character who I really wish there was more focus on. Her name is Josie. And she's kind of in there because she's like depressed. And her realization with the shimmer is just really really fascinating to me and it's one of those things where you, it's the most ambiguous thing that happens in the movie and you're like I love that it's ambiguous but I'm like I would I just really want to see what happened you know it's one of those tantalizing bits where you're like I'm gonna think about that a lot but god damn I'd love some clarity. But I think it's like, it's one of those films where after I watched that, I was like, did I like that? I don't know. I need to think about it. And I've been thinking about it nonstop for three days. I love
0: that. I yeah. I, I yeah. like it when that happens a lot. That's cool.
1: I've come to the conclusion I like it a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing this. Have you guys seen that shit with like, um, the like footage of UFOs that have come out recently? No. Just these, this the, like in the last week, there's just this like official Pentagon footage of unidentified flying objects. Sweet and
1: you need to loot drop
0: this (laughs) yeah yeah sure i'll link it and it's crazy because like it's these two marines trying to track it and eventually they get like a track on it and they're following with their camera and they're just like what they're they're, like losing their minds they're like what the fuck and they're like laughing and like what the hell and it's really interesting because like from the article i read it's this just super confirmed thing that no one in the pentagon wants to take responsibility for no one wants to investigate it because no one wants to be the ufo guy in the pentagon
3: no that's embarrassing and
0: like it's it's not something that can it can't lead you down any kind of political roads it doesn't gain you any allies or enemies it's just this zero-sum move and so no one gives a shit even though we don't know and it's probably like some super classified weapons thing like that's probably what it is some division of the pentagon is te- was testing something that some other division of the pentagon found out about but it's just the fact that like the official pentagon thing is like yeah we don't know what this is we don't know what's happening it's just like
1: we're not gonna find out nope
0: it's a, it's
3: a waste of resources yep because by the time we find out it'll just be like oh yeah it was a weather balloon
0: yeah it was a drone neve that sounds really good
1: I'd like you guys to see it, and then we can do spoilers, because it's something that I'd love to talk yeah,
3: about. I, I, yeah, okay. I, I, I'm super intrigued. I, okay. I, I was curious, but now am i am I might watch it tomorrow. Yeah, I might too.
0: Let's hmm. um, move into our strategy talk. So, Brian... Gameplay-wise, I know there's been a certain game you have been chomping at the bit to talk about, and so I think we should probably jump straight to that. Yeah. I played Into the Breach.
3: I've never heard of this game.
0: Um, It is a turn-based strategy game, very advanced wars from the makers of FTL. FTL was a game faster than light, which was this weird combination of a kind of run-based space adventure sim with, like, choose-your-own-adventure elements... And what this is, is, like, i it's not really a sequel to that. Like, they're quite different games. Because this is, like, you have three mechs at the st- on this 8x8 grid. And it's, like, isometric kind of pixel graphics. Looks kind of like a Super Nintendo game. And it's... Um, the idea is that you are coming from the future to stop humanity being wiped out by these bugs called the VEC. And... It's really interesting, because, like, the way it works is the Vec make their move, and they'll either, you know, go up to one of your mechs, or go up to one of your buildings, and they'll be like, they're gonna gonna destroy this next turn. And so then you have to, like, position your guys to make sure that doesn't happen. And you can do it by blocking the Vecs, you can do, like, with your own mech, so that, like, the buildings don't take damage, only you do. You can do it by, like, punching them across the map, by pulling them, by doing all these weird positional things... And it actually starts to feel like this really weird procedural puzzle game because what you're trying to do is like knock the Vec into each other, have them aim at each other because either your mechs take damage and after like you know a couple of hits they're dead and that's it, they're gone for the rest of the run or your buildings take damage and when your buildings take damage you lose power and your power carries across every every level and so if you and, and once your power runs out it's game over. And so it's this really interesting kind of resource management thing where you're constantly like upgrading your mechs and like you know trying to find the best configuration and like trying to preempt what the VEC are going to do and you do that across four islands and then like a final fifth island and a run of the game takes about I'd say half an hour to an hour to beat it and It is addictive as hell. Like, I have played, I I think I played like 20 hours of it in the first week I got it just because I could not stop. Wow. Yeah.
3: Are you playing on Steam?
0: Yeah. Um, This is one of those games, it should really be out on Switch. Yeah. Like, and it's really cool and it's really satisfying and like it feels really good sometimes because you're like, it's one of those games where you just stare at your position and you go through every little option you could do and then like, after like 10 minutes, you're like, wait a minute. If I do this, I can get through this whole turn without they taking a single hit. And stuff like that feels amazing. All that said, I kind of hate this game.
1: What? Why? <laughs>
0: because it's so addictive. It's hollow victories. I've gotten to the end so many times and I always die on the last mission. And it's like, I'm at this point where I'm just good enough to consistently get to the last level, and I die in it every time. And it's so frustrating, because now I'm just like, well, just wasted a fucking hour. Even though I do like playing it, I think it's scratching that weird run base thing I have where... Yeah, it's like Binding of Isaac. It's like Binding of
3: Isaac. Where, like, you're, you're doing good, you got a good build, and then you get stomped.
0: I'm at the point with Binding of Isaac where I will will beat it consistently. I will beat, like, Isaac in heaven or I will beat Mega Satan consistently. And I'm so unhappy when I do. I'm like, why do I still play this game? Why am I doing this to myself? Neve, why?
1: Never better time to play games.
0: That's true. That's true. Games are dumb. Yeah, pretty dumb. I think this is a really good game. It just infuriates me because sometimes you can find yourself in positions where, like, Something happens and you're just kind of fucked. And I've seen people say that this doesn't happen to them, so maybe I'm just bad at the game. But like, I've had situations where, like, I'll fight a boss in the game and I'll position two of my mechs one way, and then the boss will come in, he'll like paralyze both of them, and then he'll also aim at two buildings. And so either I lose both my mechs, in which case the game might as well be over, or he'll just give me a game over by destroying like buildings and taking power off my energy grid. It's cool, really well made, but goddamn, it is so infuriating.
1: So there is a luck element to the whole thing.
0: I guess if I knew that boss's abilities well enough, I could have preempted that. Mm. And so I'll know that next time I fight him. But duh, it was it was galling. It really was. And and stuff like that's happened before. Like I do feel like sometimes I get to maps and I'm like. There's no way I can make it out of this. And like, if you're 30 or 40 minutes into a run, that's very frustrating. I think it is a great game. I just kind of hate it.
1: Fair, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's. Does that's... it look nice while you're doing it?
0: Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it has
3: it got good, good sound? Does it sound repetitive? Does uh, it great look repetitive? music.
0: Um, the the look of it's okay. It looks like a Super Nintendo game. That's got kind of a charm. It does. It could maybe do with a little more charm. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's not it's not an exceptional looking game. It's
3: not like Hyperlight Drifter where like it's using every single pixel to its like maximum potential. That's
0: like what I love about Hyperlight Drifter. Hyperlight Drifter isn't like a retro game. It's just a game made out of pixels. Yeah, that's what's fucking cool about it. Um, people, if if you are into if you liked Advance Wars, if you liked FTL, definitely, definitely check this game out. Neve, tell us about Bloodborne.
1: Yeah, so PSN. I promised Brian I would play it and it's out. Mm -hmm. I like it a lot. It's super goth.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: When I first started and you see the default kind of man dude they give you, I was just like, oh God, this is bad looking. Yeah. (laughs) That's a dodgy looking main character. Um, I met a old kind of crone lady. Uh, Her name's Enya because that's what I'm going to call every character in this universe. That's fine. And... I am making my way through. I got lost a lot, and I've moved in circles. But I'm, I'm liking it. I picked the the axe thing, and I really like that it extends out. Oh
0: yeah. Oh, I started with that. You like you like the axe? Okay.
1: Yeah. I like having that extra length for when a mob comes. Um, I do find that I've kind of like, I kind of like I get I'm getting the combat, but it's kind of like if I die at a run, then I'm like I kind of have a pissy baby syndrome where I'm like oh whatever and like. <laughs> i become less careful
0: that happens to me in any souls game yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, for sure
1: and i find myself doing that a lot in this because it it doesn't feel as hard as dark souls where i'm like i can't be too much of a pissy baby but with this one i'm like i can like go through you guys pretty easy and then i get sloppy and then there's like five of them and then i'm like okay i've lost my orbs Mm -hmm. you know kind of thing
3: blood echoes sure please leave (laughs) the blood echoes (laughs) Um, have you have fought any of the bosses yet?
1: Um, I've got to the first one, but, uh, he... Which first me. one? The dire the, something... Cleric Beast? Cleric Beast, that's the guy, him.
0: Okay. He's pretty good, but you know he's pretty fucking great? Father Gascoigne. <laughs> yeah. The first boss of the area.
1: So I'm not even, like, I'm nowhere. <laughs> so I've, like, I keep running around and farming... Orbs. I should that's, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. That's no, that's that's, okay. that's that's
3: that 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 you can absolutely do that. Hmm. Um, the game
1: doesn't tell me what to do at all. I don't know what I'm doing.
3: I, I honestly think the first area of that game is is the developers just laughing at you.
1: But I kind of like it as well. Like I went up to a house and there was a whole pile of ladies cackling at me. Oh,
2: it's so yeah. yeah.
1: And I was like, this is alarmingly mean.
0: There was madness in that town. Yeah. yeah. I, I I like Bloodborne a whole lot. And you, you were saying, like, you have no idea what's happening or what's going on. Mm-hmm. Totally where you're at. I do feel like by the end of that game, it is difficult to grasp the specifics of the plot in the same way it is any Dark Souls game. Yeah, you've got to watch YouTube videos. But I think Bloodborne is also a lot more successful in being like, this is what happened to this world. and Because, like, if, if you want to...
3: There's enough key information yeah. for you to piece yeah. it together like i
0: I only figured out what was happening in Dark Souls when I watched YouTube videos on it by the end of bloodborne I got what they were going for
1: yeah I kind of get that like people are telling me that something has happened and like that is already happening at the start of this which I didn't get at all yeah
0: d- it does there's a lot a, more exposition there's a there is a turn in bloodborne at one point and it is a fun one you know when <laughs> you know, Depends. things become apparent. We'll say,
2: yeah,
3: or just that bit in the forest where you see something peek behind the curtain, and you're like, "Why was that there?" <laughs> okay, Eve uh, I'm going to lend you my strategy guide.
1: Is it better if I try? Because, like at the start, I was like, "Yeah, I need that," but no, then I, I, I kind um, of figured I, out the first area. I, I, like...
3: I honestly played a lot of Bloodborne with a guide.
1: Okay, cool, and
3: I enjoyed it. Um, I, 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 I think. Playing video games, certain video games with guides is totally acceptable.
1: Yeah, like, I don't mind it or not. I'm just, like, kind of, like... Is it kind of fun to uncover these things? Like, will I be spoiling myself of these mini moments? Like, how
4: in-depth is you, the
3: you, guide? You, you, you uh, can spoil yourself as much as you want or yeah. as least as you want. You, as long as you have that control.
0: I don't know. I, I don't think... I don't think Bloodborne is not especially... There's yeah. there's there's parts of it I wouldn't want you to know about mm-hmm. until they come naturally in the game, but I don't think there's very many... I th- Like, the challenge... It, it's so mechanics-based, the challenge. It's so like, okay, this enemy's here, this enemy's here, this enemy's here. And figuring that out is the difficult part, and I don't think a guide can really tell you that because so much of it's going to be muscle memory. Yeah.
1: Yeah, okay, fair.
3: I just think the guide is just useful for the map stuff or mm. just, like... Maybe go here and get this item because it'll make the game easier. Or or don't sell this item.
1: Yeah, okay. I do not know anything like that.
3: Yeah. Because there is like weird specific JRPG stuff. Like it really mm-hmm. does feel like a JRPG.
1: I picked my class at the start. You kind of get a, like a definition. Yeah. I don't know what any of those did. Like I think yeah. like Lone Survivor.
0: Uh, I, t- this is how important that is. I don't remember that.
1: Okay.
3: Yeah. Um I'm level 210 in wow. my new game plus 5 of Bloodborne. I I beat Bloodborne again this week.
1: How, how long does it take you to uh, do run?
0: Like well, like 6 hours? Is there any boss that like is still troublesome or do you just mow through them now? No,
3: there's some troublesome bosses. There's some bosses where like I need to summon someone and Who,
0: who's who's a tough one still?
3: Um what happened was the game scales real weird when 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 you do the new game pluses so for a while i could still like kill most like big enemies with two hits because of my maxed out weapons but now they've caught up with me again so it feels like i'm playing my first run again really because it takes it takes a lot of hits to take enemies down now and it takes three hundred thousand blood echoes to go up a level jesus
0: Uh, who's your favorite bloodborne boss brian
3: um, Vicar Amelia is very good because she looks like a shadow of Colossus creature gone wrong.
0: Oh, she's the bandages. Yeah, just, just the she's big. She's so cool. The big
3: like long-haired elk. Yeah, thing. I fucking love her. I love her. Uh, I love uh, Murgo's Wet Nurse. My fucking boy, Murgo's Wet Nurse. This is a really weird-looking babysitter. Uh, I love Orphan
0: Acas. I love Orphan Acas. La- amazing. And I absolutely adore Lady Maria of the Astral Clock Tower. You know, I, I, very important personally, I'm a bit of a fan of Rom, the vacuous spider. Yeah, he's, he's all, right. Uh, all right. She is all right, Brian. There
3: he is. Mm. Whoops, shame on me.
0: You're going to meet... They're such a great bunch of guys. I'm excited.
1: Leave. I'm having a lot of fun. Like,
0: I, I'm so happy to yeah, my yeah. little
1: character through this world. Because yeah. every time I'm like, what the shit? I I'm imagine she's like, what the shit as well? So it's it, like, yeah. we're going through it together. Honestly,
3: it really doesn't matter what they look like. Because as soon as you put on the outfit, it covers
0: up their face and everything. I
1: have a really nice long pink ponytail at the back of my hat right
0: now. I role-played Garnet from Steven Universe for that entire game. I was just like, I'm going to play as Garnet. That's cool. It was. It was really fun.
1: Look at you, role-playing
0: I mean,
3: fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I I'd really, really like to play Bloodborne with you sometime.
1: Can we do that? Can I invite you into my game?
3: Well, no, just, like, I I wanna watch you play it.
1: Oh, okay, I'm, t- like, I'm probably the most frustrating person to watch play Bloodborne, but I'm having a lot of fun with it.
0: You're still at the stage of Bloodborne Hearts Out, like, it's pretty much werewolves and shit. Yeah. And, yeah. Just...
1: And crazy men.
0: Men who are so mean. Yeah, That's... they're
1: just, like, yelling at me a
0: lot. I think Bloodborne's cool because, like, you know, in in Dark Souls, it's like, now you're in the skeleton village. Now you're in the slime village. Now you're in the snake castle. In Bloodborne, there's a much more, I guess, steady progression of the enemies. Like, there's always certain kinds of enemies, but, like, it feels much more, like, the enemy horde, the enemies you face, are going through a kind of sort of gradual transformation, and it's it's fucking cool, especially... The kinds of enemies you see at the end of that game.
3: I really like the AI of some of the enemies as well. Because some enemies are aggro to each other. But I think that's like programmed in on purpose. So you kind of know that certain like factions don't get along with each other either. Even though they're both after you. Yeah. If you stray away, then they'll just go for each other. Which no. I really, really
0: like. It's cool as well. Because in Dark Souls... Dark Souls is so the feeling of some, some major shit went down years and years and years ago. Mm-hmm. But this Bloodborne, it's like the major shit is going down right now. Yeah, you're like, you,
3: you are, you, you've woken up from the hangover and people are still drunk.
1: Yeah, I'm getting that vibe a lot. Like, everyone seems to be a bit terrified. Yeah. But then there's also people who have resigned themselves to it. As yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we're like, it's like Dark Souls. It's like, it's a forgotten memory. Who knows how we got here?
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I do like that Bloodborne All takes place over one night. It starts in the afternoon oh. and it goes all the way to dawn. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's really it's cool. it's yeah, it, it, it's just a, I, I like that it's a kind of a, a one crazy night.
0: Yeah, um, it's also super worth pursuing the true ending. I know you're a bit far away from there, but There's like different endings, yes, yeah. true endings. Okay, um, but like the last one really is it's it's cool and it's worth seeing. Yeah. And oh fuck yeah, that the thing. shit you have to do to get there, it's not that bad, and it's also the optional stuff like Canehurst Castle, like <laughs> one of the best environments in the entire game. Yeah, so neva I look forward to your continued adventures with Bloodborne. This is making me want to jump, jump back in, honestly. Um, so I, I have been playing a shit ton of more Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball Z, the fighters, the Z. It's
1: fighters, John. All one word.
0: Nope. Goku Absolutely and the not. Punching Vegetas. Goku and the Punching Vegetas. That game continues to enthrall me. I think that is a fucking fantastic fighting game. I feel like... I've never had a fighting game before where I grasp different techniques and as I do it's like like it's such a steady progression of oh now I know how to use like Vegeta's assist in a way that will like you know protect me from this kind of attack and every time I do my rank goes up and I'm an Android now um, which is which is pretty good my win ratio is at a stark fifty percent which i'm I'm pretty proud of and I don't have a whole lot to say about it other than that I love it and I fucking love android 21 have you got her in yet yeah, brian
3: no I, I haven't finished the story mode
0: she's so cool she's so so cool her voice actor is so good she's she's just perfect
3: so she is an android but she's also a boo
0: she's an android who has tapped into the power of Ma, of the margin
3: okay so she can be like pink
0: yeah cool it's really cool and um, I'm super happy. This, this game's a thing. I think the lobby system is still a mess. There was an update to it today where... You know, have you played many of the online matches?
3: Uh, I tried to do an online match with my buddy Oshin from work. And me and O'Sheen, like could see each other in the lobby. And one of us would make a ring and we'd join the ring to fight the other person. But it was full. Oh, it's such bullshit. But then I could fight strangers.
0: Yeah, i only fight strangers in it so far.
3: Yeah. It, it seems like... i our I, system works are terrible.
0: Yeah, their lobbies suck. Like, I get the charm of having your little avatar. I think they're terrible. Just let me go to a menu and hit a button and fight people. Yeah, and just let
3: that menu... Yeah, just keep keep it rolling after a fight.
0: Yeah. I really want to try and learn some more of the characters because I only really know Vegeta for his assist, his big long blast thing. And so Yamcha and Tien are the actual fighters on my team. But I think I wanna learn try and learn like Frieza and eighteen and twenty one. That'd be fun. Anyway, that's my Dragon Ball Fighters the Z update. New, tell us about Life is Strange.
4: Very well.
1: This is the kind of small mini extra episode they gave out as part of the special edition. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, this kinda of, this is the aspect that kinda of sucks about this. You have to kinda of, you have to you have to buy the deluxe edition, even the digi- digital edition, and it's like I think four euro more expensive or something. Yeah. Uh, But you got this as part of it, and this is the one that has the old voice actors, uh, uh, Ashley Birch, like, back as Chloe and Max, and this is set right before Max has to leave.
0: Who do you play as?
1: Max. Back in the seat.
0: (laughs) Is she as fucking lame as she was in the first one? She's
1: like 12. So yes. (laughs) Full on, she's a child. Uh, yeah and it's like it's set when they're really young just before chloe's dad dies
0: oh wow okay
1: so it's like a 45 minute kind of goodbye to the series that is so sad like it's max is trying to struggle to tell chloe that she's going to be leaving because they're just they're best friends they're hanging out and she's like i need to tell her and you're like how have you not told her you idiot and i always kind of playing before the storm i was kind of like was frustrated at the idea of max not talking to chloe but i can see now like just after playing this i'm like oh man if you're a child and this kind of traumatic stuff happens how do you i felt way more sympathetic towards her but it's her trying to communicate to chloe that she's leaving on the day her dad dies wow yeah it's like they they're like this that series is really suffering plus 100 like jesus christ there's, like, every time you play it, you're kind of like, it's something nice is going to happen. And it does, but the penalty is terrible for the characters sometimes. So it was very bittersweet. It was really nice to see them as kids.
0: Sounds good, though. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah like, I mean, it's a game that's the, like that has that much emotional impact in it. Mm. Um, so it was really good, and it was a nice goodbye, and I'm going to miss those characters. But, like, just sad. Like, it just if your goodbye is a game where your main character is in the fetal position crying at the end like you know it's you know, like oh okay bye <laughs> it's very bittersweet but is
0: there much gameplay to this one?
1: minimal mm. like there's no time travel mechanic there's no um, mechanic like Chloe's what you do is you find a pirate map and you're trying to that you drew when you were kids together and you're trying to dig up a memory box you guys had So it's
0: sweet, but bittersweet. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah.
3: Um, I'm two episodes into Before the Storm. Oh, yeah? I have the deluxe edition as well, so I have the third episode lined up, and I have uh, the farewell episode lined up after that. But I'm enjoying it so far. It's got a much better production value, I think. Totally. Oh, totally, yeah. Yeah. Um, I really, really miss the time traveling. Like, I I don't miss Max, but I, I did enjoy the time traveling. Um, from the, from the original series, but I do love playing as Chloe, and my girlfriend and I played together, so we role play Chloe as just like just the angriest person. It's the funnest way, yeah. To just play her. oh, she's constantly giving people the finger. But I really liked episode two because, like, for a while I was playing episode two, and I was like, "What is the point of this episode?" Like, a lot of it is a, like a Shakespeare play
1: because Shakespeare is great, and it was lovely.
3: Okay, I I know, but like, <laughs> but like, need for, for people who like aren't lame. But I was playing, I was like, this is, this is such a weird thing to happen in a video game. Like, I've never played a video game where you're just, like, doing a Shakespeare play and you have to try and guess the lines. Yeah,
1: isn't that
2: great?
3: Yeah, uh, like, it, it It was cool. Like, I, I don't know, I, I really, at that point I was like, God, I'd love some time traveling right now. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed the second episode just because... Uh, we kind of role-played Chloe in that episode where she was blossoming this friendship with Rachel and she wasn't sure how she felt about her. And there's a bit where you meet, you you uh, chat with another gay girl that you played D&D with in the first episode, and she straight up asks you, like, are you close with Rachel? Because I also fancy Rachel, and I, I just want to just ask. And you have all these different options, so we kind of went with... Um, Rachel is single, but I don't know how I feel about her. What <laughs> because to us like we weren't hundred percent committed. We wanted to like develop it. I, I, I gotta I know,
0: gotta play the field a little bit, Neve. I I
3: I I know you're a hard switch, like just gay in big fucking lights.
1: Chloe's a hard switch, like Rachel Amber lover. Like no, I, just like we were like I, I, I d- love I did, her. I I didn't
3: wanna I I, no, I I just wanted to try the natural route. Holy shit, the matcha route is so nice. It just has this lovely kind of gradient of just them. um, And so so after the play, you get the choice of like, Rachel gets to give you something and it's like, or, 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 or it's something you want to share an experience together with. And one is a tattoo, one is her bracelet, and the last one is the kiss.
2: Yeah.
3: And so we were like... Fuck it, kiss. Yeah. And you get it. And it's just this, like, two-minute kiss from, like, 12 minutes. Two, two minutes? Yeah, two-minute long French kissing session with 12 different camera angles. And we kept hitting the share button on the PS4, getting the photos. We were just like, yeah, we were spamming They're it.
1: such a cute couple.
3: Yeah, no, they're really good together. Mm. Uh, oh, dear. Uh, and, um, yeah, uh, I, I, I just, I really like that bit. And then I love how when you finish the chapter, it has all the stats of... Your friends who've played it, and then the world results, and seventy-one percent of the people picked the kiss.
1: Of course, yeah. Who picks the tattoo?
3: Like thirteen percent. I don't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't get a tattoo. But like, I, 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 I just think that it's cool that Life is Strange has its audience, and the audience gets it, yeah. and they're they're very passionate about it yeah. still. Like, and they know what to pick, and they get results. It's a very satisfying game. I can't wait to get that bracelet.
1: There's all that, <laughs> yeah, there's that weird 10% you're just like, I love Warren. And
2: you're
3: like, uh, <laughs> Warren. Sure. Because I I, I I do think there's a route where you could just play Chloe as this like celibate, angry woman. You know, that's probably fun too. I'm sure it is, yeah. Who, who thinks that she's not good enough for anyone. But she is,
0: and she deserves Rachel. Not Max. Not Max. No one deserves Max. max no one should have max inflicted upon them
1: max is just learning how to be a person a bit slower than other people
0: she's just she's a fucking nothing person she's an empty shell for you to pour like it's like it's like someone's like you can be whoever you want to be and every option is fucking terrible that's who max is (laughs) she's shit she's pretty shit i
3: really, really hope chloe's in smash
1: oh my god put Chloe in Smash put Chloe in Soul Calibur put Chloe in Tekken she's an iconic character <laughs>
3: yeah she's as famous as
0: Knuckles in fairness I would much rather play as Chloe than, than Noctis yeah and Geralt for that matter yeah oh yeah yeah we'll get to that and we'll get to it in our quick time events sick transfer there right that was that was good yeah need tell us about the ready player one posters i love these
1: oh they exist they're terrible i put this on the docket just because i was so mad but it's been they've been out a while now so i've like stopped seating <laughs> but uh they
3: were just getting famous movie posters and just like oh, tweaking them that's them. so fucking lame
1: just like matrix like indiana jones the iron giant which is the worst one it's just like I, kn- you know, people who have the Iron Giant poster on their wall because it's beautiful, it's sentimental, there's meaning behind it, and they just put this ugly fucking filter on it and terrible font.
0: These are awful.
1: It's just like, oh my god.
0: Oh, the Back to the Future one's so fucking obnoxious. How's Nothing our has
3: meaning uh, Twitter like put out these photos? To- our one.
1: Yeah. I- hopefully, people have seen them. But if not, I'll retweet a selection. Okay. Because like
3: oh god so it i i I guess like this is just more of the that 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 poster looks like some shitty college 80s party where it's like hey we're gonna have a dorm party over in uh number 12 so we we do back to the future future so i've just done a quick photoshop it's me at the delorean
1: yeah it's just like it's just like casual level photoshop skills as well they're not even done
0: well I remember for a college party once, I photoshopped our college being blown up by a nuke, and then I was worried that I'd get in trouble. I didn't, and it was a good party, but still. Because
3: I really like the logo for Ready Player One, where it's done like a maze with the egg in the middle, and it's an actual maze made out of all the letters of the title i thought that was really clever like someone someone with graphic design skills and they must have made that has
1: been done in another film and i've seen that before because i was like oh it's a maze but i can't remember what it is but that is definitely not original to ready player oh, one. i'm sure i'm
3: sure nothing in ready player one is original. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's yeah that's it's whole thing also this film was out at the end of the month so either at the end of march start of april the let's fight a boss cast crew we're all going to go see ready player one we're going to take some photos of us uh, before and after, um, Neve doesn't want to see this movie, but I convinced Neve that if I pay for her ticket, and John, I'm going to pay for your ticket as well because it's my treat. Sure. And I'm going to sit <laughs> in the middle. The most sadistic treat ever. I'm going to sit in the middle between you, and I'm going to watch Neve more than the movie because I just want to see her score.
1: I'm very upset. This is like I read this book ten years ago, and I read this because every like all my friends were like gamer dudes, but every gamer dude used to be like, "Have you read Ready Player One?" it's amazing so i read ready player one and i was like this is the worst thing i've ever read it's just terrible and then i listened to the audiobook of ready player one a few years ago and i was like this is still terrible this is just awful i can't believe this exists and it's someone's terrible bad fan fiction that has been given a
0: spielberg film i i just don't know how that ha- did you see um Lindsay, not wait not Lindsay ellis uh Jenny, Nicholson's. Jenny, Nicholson's <laughs> yeah, Jenny really Nicholson. Jenny Nicholson is the ready player one for girls. It's so good. She <laughs> just got the book and she put glitter on it and like some fucking stickers. And like the thing is her parody of it, it is, she's not even like ripping the piss out of it. She is sticking so close to what that is and just changing the angle slightly. And it sounds ridiculous. It's the same fucking book. I really like how this one bit. For ages I thought this was real. Like I, I,
3: I believed it but there's a bit where she's reading pages from the book but she the, she kind of dips the book down a bit so you could see into the book you could see that she's reading off like the notes app on her phone and i was like oh i thought it was really in the book no
4: didn't notice at all no. <laughs> I,
3: I don't know i don't know anything about this film
0: i can't fucking wait i'm going in blind i just i just think tracer and shun lee are going to stand beside each other and that's this world of prospect. are right tracer there?
3: and chunley in the books
0: because no, did... no 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 tracer did like... not exist yeah they've, exactly they've, like...
1: they've, they've tweaked the references for the now like they've got their deals and they've got tracer they've got Tomb raider they've got shepherd nothing sacred
0: <laughs> shepherd yeah
1: like commander
2: shepherd that's so like,
3: you know... weird i know but like isn't that the same with who framed roger rabbit and stuff like that where they just got all these like characters and, and you pay for like Two seconds of screen time, and that's what you get.
1: But even then, in like *Framing Roger Rabbit*, like it was a toon town. The tunes were going, like you know, yeah, it, they weren't it, just.
0: It, it, it had there. like context. Yeah,
1: it had context. This is just like they're just people's avatars. This is the
0: film. Like, fil- like th- this film might as well be called "You Get the Reference."
1: Yeah, this is like this is as bad as the Emoji Movie. Like this is super cynical, bad. In stuff. a way, it's worse
0: because it's 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 things that in isolation actually matter. Yeah, like Chun Li. The most beautiful woman in the world being cheapened by this movie. Did you guys see, uh, I think I retweeted uh, the clip of Ben and Jeff from their after show?
1: No.
0: Oh, that was really Oh, good. no,
1: I've seen that, yeah. yeah it's
0: So bad. good. Said. Jeff says that Smash Brothers is Nintendo's ready Player One. And Ben takes off his headphones and leaves. It's so good. But yeah. Um... That probably we won't have seen that by the next episode, will we? No, no. This, this, this will be this will be an April special. No, but I look forward to our to our live reactions of that. Our April Fool. Our April Fool. Um, da, 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 da. what else we got? We got
3: the Overwatch ship update. What? Me the boys, av-
0: there why is There more Overwatch in our news feed. Fucking here we go. Yeah, the official Overwatch
3: podcast. Good.
0: Yep.
1: Um, Brigita? Is how you pronounce it? Yeah. So not Bridget, Brigita. And I was saying, I wonder who the fandom will ship her with. It's Diva. That's who they ship her with. It's called Mecha Mechanic or Mechanic. Uh, There's your update. Cool. That's well, who else do moves.
0: people ship Diva with?
1: Uh, Lucia. That.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's <laughs> kind of boring. They're just both happy people.
3: Yeah, but... Yeah. It, 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 it was probably like an entry level like launch game
0: that kind of that kind of feels shit. like that kind of feels like no 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 one those characters were shipped with no one else they were like
1: ah. that's pretty probably much <laughs> they're, they're like, just
3: paired yeah. off at the end
1: yeah they're the same age
0: oh I hope Brigitte and Diva is more interesting than Lucio and Diva. yeah for sure I hope they're happy
1: me too Cool. Uh, don't worry, Blizzard will be stealing all that fan-created content for their next lore video. Oh yeah. They did a like a lore video for the new character, and it was just like ask us questions. I just like I just see someone like mining it all for information, just being like this is her relationships. Uh,
0: what say we leave the Nintendo Directs to the end because we'll probably be on that for a little bit. Sure. Shadow of Tomb Raider reveal. I I totally missed this. What was this? This this is the other day.
1: There was a countdown on the website uh, for a reveal. Um, it's going to be out uh, September 14th, and they showed, like, just a... It was a really short trailer, maybe about 30 seconds long, and you didn't even get to see your face. It was just, like, intense running shot and, like, Aztec-style runes, but uh, it looks cool.
3: Yeah, so this to see more. This is the third and final of the I Lara Croft the... uh, prequel yeah. reboot, yeah. which is cool, because, like, they really were setting up, like... Trilogy in the last one.
0: Do we have any information? Like, is there a gimmick for this game, or
3: she might have a new rope?
1: Yeah, yes. no, awesome. there, there hasn't been anything that they've been highlighting specifically.
0: Yeah, when have some new trees?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is it Geralt or Gerald? Geralt. Geralt. Geralt in Soul Calibur. Cool. Sure, that's for someone. Yeah,
1: he looks cool. I watched the video of this. He's... That's
0: kind of that's kind of Geralt's exclusive thing, though. He looks cool. It,
3: yeah, yeah it, it makes sense that it's in Soul Calibur because it's a beat-em-up with swords
0: yeah like I, I I find it pretty hard to get excited about another character in Soul Calibur with a sword and, like I don't. but they all have swords don't they? well like some of them have swords, some of them have giant circular saw some have like like weird lances, some have sights. Are, are, are there like, any characters that don't have weapons or is the whole idea of Soul Calibur that they have? Heihachi from Soul Calibur 2 didn't really have weapons he had gauntlets but he just punched okay but yeah. um yeah like um, i guess people are probably excited for this I, I have no investment in Geralt at all
1: Geralt's cool and people really like Geralt, so i think people are pretty hype on this and gerald's as- like batman yeah he is but like sexier uh,
4: i
3: don't know
1: <laughs> you're about making a face but it's true <laughs> i think michael keaton's pretty hot <laughs> Um he gets he uses his potions which could be cool gameplay stuff for buffs. Um and he's just animated really nice. He animates like how he kinda of, like looks in The Witcher.
0: See that's the thing, I kinda of hate how he animates in Witcher. Oh really? Yeah, I I, I think I it was part of the combat like I didn't doughy. like. Yeah, it's all kind of slushy movement. It's kinda of real. Like it mm. looks it's cool the way he kinda of moves his body around people, but yeah, I never took to it. I don't. Know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not feeling that new soul Calibur, I don't think anything I've seen of it. I think looks really kind of lame.
3: I really like that time they had
0: Yoda in it. <laughs> Broke the game. Yeah, he couldn't. His hitbox was fucked. Yeah. You do you think you might get this neither?
2: so uh,
1: No, probably not. Maybe if it was cheap. But I do. I quite like where the roster is going so far. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, So did you guys see the Daigo versus Takedo fight?
3: No, is this for Street Fighter V?
0: Yes. And, okay, I want want to explain this a little bit because, like, it takes a little understanding, right? Takedo is currently probably the best overall Street Fighter player. He's he's, he's this guy who's got, like, the most, like, kind of wins at tournaments, all this kind of stuff. He's basically the it guy in Street Fighter now. But the thing is, there's still Daigo, and Daigo is a very particular kind of player, because there's two kinds of ways you can play competitively in Street Fighter, or any fighting game, and the one is, like, in tournaments, and that's when you go to, like, winners and losers brackets, and there's a lot of, like, figuring your opponents out very quickly, because you might only play, like, one set against them, or two sets against them, and if you lose, kind of, that's it. But then the other, and, like, you're going to fight, like, you know, 20 people the same day or 10 people the same day or something like that but the other way and and so that's like the standard tournament setup and Daigo does pretty good in that setup. Daigo is of course like the guy behind the Unleash the Beast moment that's really famous and all that kind of stuff. Yeah he's probably
3: the most famous Street fighter player.
0: And the reason for that is that even though Daigo doesn't actually do that well in tournaments. Like, he's not someone who... he's never. I don't think he's ever won EVO. He doesn't take... I could be wrong there. He doesn't take home, like, a lot of first-place trophies. He's always kind of second, third, that kind of thing. But the other way people kind of, like, fight each other in fighting games is they'll do a first to ten. And that's a set. And so, like, that can take, like, an hour and a half to get through. And Daigo is, like, the pretty much unbeatable master in the first of ten. A couple of years ago, Zion won um, EVO and a couple of weeks later he had a first to 10 with Daigo and he got crushed 10 to 1 because Daigo had researched every move Zion had. He cut him off at everything. Zion couldn't do anything. People describe, but You know the way people say who would win, Batman or this guy? And people are like, well, Batman would win if he had enough time to prepare. Daigo is Batman. And that's why he's still considered pretty much the apex of fighting games, even though he doesn't win that many tournaments. Because in these first to 10 matches where he has time to figure you out, no one can stop him. And so what this was is the current champion, like the current, like, awesome modern guy, Takedo, going up against Daigo. And before the fight, Takedo gave the most anime-ass speech I have ever heard in real life, where he's like, I feel like I'm about to go face a giant. Even with all my skill, I can still only see his back, and I want to prove myself today. And I'm going to spoil this, so if you like, it's an hour and a half long, and I don't imagine that many people are willing to watch a thing like that. Daigo crushed him, I think, 10 games to six. And the part that was really special is that in the post game interview, Takito and Daigo are both standing there and Takito cannot keep it together. He's so upset. Like he just can't believe how badly he lost. And he just breaks down and starts crying. And it's really emotional and sad and cool. Like I think it's cool. I think it's awesome when people pour this much passion into it and it really even just go watch the interview and see how much and like he's like I'm going to come back from this. I will beat you one day, Daigo. But he's also like i can't believe the gap that still lies between us and it was it was really cool really weird and just people should go check it out um i'm gonna remember to loot drop that later along with my other two loot drops don't worry i'm writing them all down yep um and so with that we should move on to the nintendo direct yes uh i thought this was a really really strong nintendo direct
3: yeah this is one of my favorite ones yep
0: totally i didn't watch it so you guys are gonna have to tell me okay Okay. neve you sitting down yeah wario wears back baby yeah the
3: the first like 10 minutes of this direct because it's a 30 minute direct the first like five ten minutes of it was 3ds games and they were just like yeah we're still gonna be like releasing games in a 3ds well into 2019 anything good Um, wario
0: wears back baby (laughs) most most
3: most most of them are ports and remakes like they're porting the first luigi's mansion but i i I guess it's a remake yeah they're the remake in the first luigi's mansion which is a gamecube game and i was like that's cool but then in the back of mind i'm like what about the gamecube on the virtual console on the switch
4: Hmm.
3: what about anything but i don't know yeah
0: like I, i really wish this game was on switch but apparently, in Japan, the the 3DS is selling as much as it ever has.
3: The 2DS sold it super well everywhere. Like yeah, yeah, like it's
0: so. I
3: guess it costs hundred euro for a 3DS now.
0: But I'm I'm really excited about WarioWare because they haven't made a WarioWare game in five years, and they haven't made like a proper core WarioWare game in seven years. Yeah, and that series is fucking great. If you like, if people like Pop Team Epic, WarioWare is just the game version of Pop Team Epic. Mm it is have you ever played it
1: yeah for the ds one
3: yeah um
0: yeah i, th- I think it is
1: i know i think the charm of pop team epic is that there's two of
3: them there are Nave, there, there are so
0: th- many WarioWare guys you got ashley the witch those what? little ninja fuckers yeah wario himself Cat and nana
3: or like the pop team epic girls yeah you've got mona yeah. mona mo- mona's, mo- mona's trying to deliver those pizzas yeah uh, you've, you've got Volt Nine. Is that his name? Yeah. Me. I did
1: not know there was such a rich extended. Well, or maybe
0: next you time this. you'll fucking do your research before you open your goddamn mouth. You're so dismissive. <laughs> yeah, god. I didn't say did. really so that. It's always it's always Nintendo stuff. I already thought that
3: you were, were an ally. It's it's exactly to Mario. like
0: it's 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 philosophically the same thing. No, it's not. It it not, absolutely it's is It's just this weird Japanese <laughs> nonsense game. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Pop Team Epic is a very structured. Is <laughs> a
0: weird Japanese nonsense anime. Where it's like the rules change every five seconds. They're
1: voiced by different people every time. What is wrong with you? Their love for each other is the same.
3: (laughs) Sure. Could you always just like hone in and like focus on this weird thing and you're like, it's always two fucking girls.
0: You see, the thing is, like with Neve, at some stage, she's always going to be like a 13 year old with a PlayStation who's like, Mario's dumb. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, yeah, Mario is dumb. He's not. Wario, <laughs> Wario's gay. Yeah, he
3: is. Wario's hundred percent gay, and you have to, you have to be, you have to be there for him. I
0: like Wario. I
1: have no problem with Wario. I hate Mario, but Wario's fine. Well,
0: then why are you giving him such
1: shit? I just <laughs>
2: you have a Mario toy
0: in your desk, and you hate him.
1: No, I like mascots, but I hate Mario. I like the concept of mascots.
0: So you like the concept of Mario, but not the character? Yeah, like, Nieve, I... have talking to you sometimes <laughs> is the most frustrating fucking thing. I like it's... the
1: concept of Mickey Mouse, but I hate Mickey Mouse as a character. Really? Yeah. Have <laughs> yeah, you not played Kingdom Hearts? He's really annoying.
0: No, Neve, I have not. Okay. Well, no, that's... You know, I, I played <laughs> on a on little point. Kingdom Hearts 1 and... I don't know. I don't know what that game was. Uh-huh,
1: Sora, come on, follow me. We're all excited uh-huh. for Warrior
3: Not some, of, <laughs> some of us more than others. Well, John, John, John in particular, because like I, I, I am very fond of the Warrior Wear games. I have a lot of
0: them. But you were like, "Fuck!" I love Warrior Wear. I love <laughs> the. I, I just, I love, I love the weird aesthetic of it. It's like, who are these characters? What is their world? What is happening? I don't. Th- I just don't think you get games that are as unrestrained as them. Yeah. Like, I just
1: think it's sometimes just a bit nonsensey.
0: Do you know? Do Have you know? Z- the, Pop uh, Team Epic?
1: Yeah. No, Pop Team Epic is not nonsense. It's always like it always has a like really. It's go on. It's four panels. It has a it has a punchline where like with Wario, it's like like here's a pickle thing or whatever. That's the
0: punchline. It's it's like setup punchline
1: but there's yeah, no, no setup it's just
4: a there is the setup
0: is the command you get at the start
3: nope. the punchline is when you figure out what you have to do there is a hundred percent no it it, it it is like basic game design fused into three seconds
1: yeah but like there's a like purity panel of comic it doesn't have the same like stri- like it's not the same at all okay <laughs> it's exactly the same okay. the
3: concept is the same dear listener please email in and tell tell me of how wrong she is
1: I just don't see how they
0: are like, they're even have the same vibe at all. Just so wishy-washy. It's so weird. <laughs> You're such a problem, child. Yeah, you are. You're just... Like, this is one of those moments where Neve is like, oh, I feel like arguing. And it's like, <laughs> I'm just going to dig into this. Like, you do t- I don't
1: actually care. I'm really excited about Wario. Let's move on.
4: <laughs> okay.
3: I think this should be called Episode 71. Should Neve leave the podcast?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Has Neve
3: gone too far yeah, this time? Yeah. It's very late. Yeah. Neo slow down. It
0: is very late. Know your limit.
1: What else happened in Nintendo Land?
0: Um, uh. The WarioWare game was re- Um okay. So they have Splatoon new okay, DLC. That was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of want to dive into Splatoon because I thought that stuff looked cool, but it's like it's eighty bucks with the new DLC.
3: Uh, you can get Splatoon two for like thirty quid if you're if you're
0: if you're clever. Oh yeah, I think I'm, I'm kind of tempted. Uh,
3: i I like spittoon dude there's loads of people playing it and okay i really like that dlc
0: trailer but there's some weird like okay so you uh you're playing as an octoling okay brian what is an octoling and have we not been playing as them the whole time no you've been playing as inklings what's the difference between an octoling and an inkling an inkling
3: is a squid based humanoid an octoling is an octopus based humanoid the squid, okay, and so, you know how squids and octopuses look very different? I know they're multi-tentacle sure, fish, but squids have, like, a triangle-shaped head, and they have very long tentacles that are fat at the end. Mm. Like, they they, 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 they kind of end with, like, a little club shape. Then octopuses, they have, like, suckers that are very pronounced, and they're thick, and then they kind of feather down into, you know, a, a, like like a tail but that's how their tentacles
0: look. They're both just random, like quick things that happen, and then they're done, and then you move on.
1: One has like <laughs> way more structure to it. it has it like that? Has it has a pause for the punchline? It just it's what something... is she
0: talking about?
1: Oh my
3: god!
0: It's like it's like nonsense.
3: She's just talking about how she ships the two girls. Because no, there's women. a
0: pacing to the joke. There's a pacing to the games. It's just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Brian. Go on.
3: Um. It's, it's got a cool trailer where she's walking down the subway, and you see Pearl and Marina, but they're dressy, dressed up as Biggie
0: Smalls and pack That was what? fucking... Did yeah. you not see that? Because yeah. uh, Pearl, Pearl's wearing a crown Pearl like Biggie. Pearl has the Biggie crown, and then... And Marina uh, has the... Uh, the Tupac, like, do-rag.
3: Yeah, but, like, the Crips do-rag, because yeah. it's blue. You gotta, like, a peace out. Yeah. Um... But it's got this weird walk cycle where you're playing as Agent 8 and she has amnesia and she's an octoling, but she's not a bad octoling. And she's walking like catwalky down a subway, or like in, in, inside a subway train. But her like, she's wearing a skirt, but it's like, you know you know the character isn't free and how they're wearing the swimming trunks, but it's an inch too low. Mm-hmm. So you can see...
0: The treasure trail, I guess. You you can see Marina's full on like ass cleavage. Yeah, in that
3: thing. You you, you you see like way beyond her hip bones, and I was like, I don't. What does this shit outfit? Pull it up. That's what the kids wear, though, Brian. That's way too much midriff. Like I I think back in my day you know you'd have mid well, but not-
0: this is what I'm fucking saying it's like fucking Shape of Water wins the goddamn Oscar and now fish are just getting sexualized yeah. left right center I don't,
3: I, I, I'd never I, I, I know there's a community online that like are super into gifs of like the splatoons fucking each other what
2: I oh,
0: mean not- that has to exist yeah like I've
3: never I've never even seen
0: that that has to exist I I I
3: I, I, I definitely haven't either but when I saw this when the way you said I definitely haven't the, yeah. either that really <laughs> implies to me specific. yeah that was yeah. no i'm going through I
1: definitely through, have but i wish i had
3: i'm going through my memory and
1: my memory banks do not hold my me. i'm
3: going through my mind palace right now <laughs> <laughs> and it's not spittoon but i thought it was oh. what was it
1: yeah open that memory palace drawer
3: let's all just let's all just get weird for a minute it was the hacker girl from overwatch what's her name Sombra? Sombra, yeah. I, I, I mix her up with Splatoon characters.
0: <laughs> I could kind of see yeah, it. The, the
3: purple. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it it but it was done in a chibi style, so I, I confused it with her splatoon. And I know Overwatch gets a lot of porn, but oh my God, yeah. this uh like little trailer they had where like she's doing like her weird like suggestive catwalk thing, I was like, oh someone's masturbating to this. Oh, someone's masturbating to everything. Someone's masturbating to this that's podcast really, right now.
1: What? That's, like, really strange. Like, this was the trailer on the Nintendo Direct.
3: Yeah, and it just went on for ages. It was, like, a fucking five-minute I, thing. I,
0: I, I didn't find it, like, super, like, sexual or anything. Like, to me, it was just I, a I, weird Matrix trailer.
3: Like, uh, I... I, I just found it just went on for ages and I was like, what's next Nintendo Direct?
0: Oh, uh, I was kind of, I, I kind of like it. Like, I, I like Splatoon's world a lot and I would actually really like if they kind of expanded on that whole stuff because I, I love the aesthetic of it and I think the characters and the story is really fun. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, yeah. and our, our girl's back.
3: Oh, yeah, she is.
0: She's fucking wearing a beanie hat. Who?
3: Callie and Marie. So, uh, Marie's back. Marie.
0: Marie? The good one. What, yeah.
1: what has happened? Like, what is going on in the world of Splatoon? I heard there was test tube babies. Are they the Octolings? Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, you, should, out... you should look up the fucking arms lore sometime. <laughs> the arms lore. Oh yeah. I don't. I I, I think arms. Do you know is... Do you know how people get arms in arms? No. They wake up one day and they have them.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so gross. And then
0: they have to fight. <laughs> well, they have to come to terms with their new life, and usually it's through fighting. <laughs> That's awful. It is,
3: yeah. I it guess it's like X-Men. You just sort of have, it's just... ARMS is basically X-Men.
4: Yeah.
3: You should, you'd like Ar- ARMS, Steve. <laughs> it's, it's got a nice four-panel setup as well. Yeah. ARMS has like four letters. I don't... I think it's...
0: ARMS is very like pop team epic. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's... Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I've seen some shit in my day. But Crash Bandicoot on a Nintendo console, there is something that does not feel right about that. Yeah, it's
3: like having Sonic on a Nintendo system or something. I, it,
0: it feels even weirder. <laughs> like I don't and like Crash fucking. I mean, can we drop this pretense that Crash was ever like good?
1: Crash yeah, is pretty good.
0: Thirteen-year-old
3: Neve <laughs> with the fucking PlayStation. Uh, I I think Crash Team Racing is a good
0: uh, racer. Hmm is it so it's coming out for the, Switch? the trilogy is coming out yeah the one, to the, the one the one yeah yeah oh, that. Okay. There, just there's something so jarring about that to me crashing a nintendo system it does look they won i've argued with i argued with so many little playstation teenagers when i was little and it's like this feels this is like no not like this
3: could <laughs> be like see i was right all along i was
0: and this proves it
3: but what was the
1: crash thing the biggest announcement is? no no
3: the biggest <laughs> announcement
0: was no more heroes yeah um they did like a gameplay video the new more, no more heroes um it looks okay it looks kind of cool it kind of reminds you of fury yeah cause it's
3: like because it's a third person, very far away, and it looks like a. It nearly shooter.
0: looks like a kind of Fury Musso hybrid. Yeah, thing. like a, it, it That's looks like not a schmup. It isn't. But it's what you get. But the reason, what I love about No More Heroes is like its kind of style and its personality, and all of that was there. Even if the gameplay isn't what I wanted. And I'm hoping if this does well, it will lead to an actual No More Heroes 3.
3: Yeah. I, I really like the bit where it shows, like, it just shows, like, a quick pan of all the bosses you're going to fight. Mm-hmm. And their character designs are amazing.
0: Yeah. They're all done by one guy.
1: I really hate when they do that in a trailer. I like, like, finding out a boss's design. Yeah, I, I kind
0: of agree. And what kind of bothered me as well, there was no girl designs. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, you're right. like, the girl bosses... a lot of, like
3: skeleton men
0: yeah and like the girl bosses in No More Heroes are the fucking coolest like um, they're so cool that they become Moonla- main characters yeah. like Margaret Moonlight Alice Twilight Shinobu Jean Bad Girl like they're some of my favourite bosses ever and I, re- I really hope we get some cool girl bosses in it yeah that'd be good yeah um what else we got I also had that Kirby game Brian you excited about that yeah I have it uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, I got it today. Nice. Um, new trailer for the Detective Pikachu. Cool. I was, I was kind of sold on that a little bit. I liked when he did the quick attack and it was really shit.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's not a fighting Pokemon. No,
0: he's not. He's not a fighter. Not a fighter at all. He's a detective. But um, probably the biggest news was the Smash reveal trailer.
3: That was very cool.
0: I everyone knew that like smash was coming in one form or another like it, it's not it's not news that there's a new smash game but i do really appreciate like i do really appreciate the art of the reveal and this was such a fucking cool reveal
3: yeah because they had just finished with this with the splatoon dlc and i was like cool can't wait to get that yeah and then they show more splatoon and i was like
0: oh for fuck come on but
3: it's uh, the original boy and girl from splatoon so i'm like are they porting splatoon 1 to the switch <laughs> and then i'm like no no this is something else I hope it is what I think it is. And it was. Yeah. And it was a Smash I, I, I was caught completely off guard. I was like, oh,
0: shit. Yeah. It's
3: a
1: really good trailer. Yeah.
3: And it, and so you've got the roster that we're all familiar with, all silhouetted against the burning Smash logo. Yeah. And then it says 2018.
1: They take it so seriously. Like, Mario in Fire is so funny. Just standing there like Sephiroth. So it's like, what are you doing?
0: He's really strong. Uh, yeah. There's this Splatoon, or not Splatoon, Smash Brothers fan comic I really like, and it's, like, this really fucked-up Mario giving this really dramatic speech in front of all, like, the other Smash characters, and it's like, We're gonna go, and we're gonna fucking
2: brawl!
0: <laughs> and, like, it's so overblown and stupid, but it's kind of great. Um, I thought it was... I saw someone, um they did this thing where like they got the screen grab from the latest Mario Kart DLC where it's the Splatoon girl just about to hit hit link with a shell and in the trailer she looks really terrified and jumps straight back to link and it's like he's here for revenge yeah. um the
3: link silhouette is the breath of the wild link which mm-hmm. is cool um so it looks like there's going to be some costume changes i don't think this is a brand new smash game
0: I can see the argument for both sides.
3: Yeah. Because
0: Sakurai is back for this.
3: He is? And um, it
0: would be unusual to bring him back for a port.
3: That is true. Um, he he, he uh, said some interesting stuff where he was like, please stay tuned for more announcements, even when the game is out. Huh. Like he, or he, he said something kind of vague where he was just like, yeah, uh, I couldn't really tell you about this. I, I don't know what I can tell you. Um... Yeah, but he, he is involved in it. Um, but So
1: people don't know if it's a new one or not?
3: No, no, we don't know. But see, Smash 4, for the Wii U and the 3DS, that came out at the end of 2014. So it came out three and a half years ago, let's say. Three and a half years isn't a big amount of time. Like, okay, so, so this game will probably come out in late 2018. So that's a four-year gap. Yeah. Is four years enough for a new Smash game to come out? I don't
0: know nearly enough about their production process to say. So I have no idea. I think
1: so. Like, most, like a lot of games can come out in four years. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, like, like they traditionally take much longer. But then I also think about, well, like, what kind of game are they trying to make? Like, how much more is there to do with Smash, I think? Just
1: yeah. pretty up those graphics.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, it, 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 it's uh, just because a lot
3: of, like... Switch games are ports... Like... Zelda Breath of the Wild... Is a port... Yeah... That's a Wii U game... Playing on the Switch... And Mario Kart 8 Deluxe... Is just...
0: If I I was Nintendo... From a business standpoint... Just re-release that Switch game... With the Splatoon characters... That will sell... Fucking crazy... Then you take your time... And in three years... You release the new Smash... And that sells crazy too...
3: Yeah... And... They have GameCube controllers... Already working... With the Switch... Cause they did an update and people figured out that you could like plug in the USB uh, adapter and then play GameCube and and, and it, it would read the GameCube controller no problem. Like it's gonna run, run real smooth.
4: Yeah.
0: so that was about everything from the Nintendo Direct, I think. Was yeah. there anything
3: else? There's a few of the little bits, but. They showed some Kirby DLC, but that's kind of just for me. That's kind
0: of it. You excited about it, Prime?
3: Oh yeah uh except for gooey i don't want gooey in my game i, no. I hate gooey but i like rick rick's lo- the hamster yeah i love marks who tried to commit genocide
0: Whoa. <laughs>
4: what?
3: marks is uh so kirby's fun pack the last game in kirby's fun pack is called milky way wishes in which the sun and the moon are fighting and day and night has gone all over the place and on Popstar, which is the planet that Kirby and his friends live on, uh, they have decided that Kirby is going to go out into outer space and ask the wishing star Supernova to break up the fight. But the guy who suggests it is another guy, that kind of, another little dude that looks like Kirby called Marx. And he's like a pink guy with these big giant bug eyes and a jester hat. And he's dancing around on a little ball. And you, play, and you play through the game and then you get to Supernova at the end and you get to make your wish. But all of a sudden, Marks budges his way in and makes a wish to become the most powerful being in the world.
0: That motherfucker.
3: And then the final boss battle is you fighting against Marks and it is one of the most terrifying things ever. Oh, I've seen that. It is really scary. Yeah. Uh, Kirby's real weird where you'll be playing like a cute little game but sometimes the final boss is an eldritch horror being that's from <laughs> another dimension. And... That's happened three times where you're just fighting, like, just dark matter. Kirby's Who... cool. Yeah, there's some fucked up shit in Kirby. But, like, he just wants to eat a cake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Kirby I...
0: anime is so weird.
3: Kirby right back at you, which has a really, really nice treaty that is not out of place at all.
0: Yeah, totally.
3: What?
1: I haven't seen it. I don't know if you're lying.
3: I'm not lying. It's amazing. <laughs> And it's got some of the worst puns ever. I think everyone should watch Kirby right
0: back at you. I can't believe they call it right back at you. Let's tell move on into emails.
3: Okay. We have four emails. This first one is from... I'm going to leave this one actually a bit later but let's do this one from Nadim, uh, and it's about aesthetic over narrative uh, with animation you get to experience a wide variety of aesthetics has there ever been a movie or show even if it's live action where the narrative and characters are terrible but you love the aesthetic so much that it is one of your favourites
0: I don't know if it ever would like become one of my favorites, but I can think of a ton of shit I like just for the aesthetic. Like, I, I like the Guitari stuff, and I'm not very into the characters or anything, but those animes look so consistently amazing, and those movies are so fucking good-looking. Shinbo's a good director. Shinbo's a very good director.
1: Like every vampire movie.
3: <laughs> That's fair. That's <laughs> yeah, fair. they're kind of trashy, but yeah. like there's just an, enough set design
0: that it keeps you going. Yeah,
1: pretty much.
0: What about, would there be any games like that for you guys? Like, even say, above gameplay. Like, this game looks amazing, so I'm going to play it.
1: Echo, kind of like, I, I didn't end up playing Echo, but I kind of felt like that, that would be that
0: game. 80% of that game was that aesthetic. Like, fucking incredible looking game. Um, the Simpsons Arcade Game is that for me. Yeah, it's super charming, but it's not a very good... It's it's pretty... I, 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 I was it's very basic. I was a token with Michelle the other evening, and like... We were kind of playing that and we were like, this is, this is, this is shit. Like, this isn't, this is fun. very boring. Yeah. And um, then we were playing Final Fight and we were like, wow, this is, or we were playing the Turtles game and that was so much better. Yeah. But the Simpsons game is not fun. But what's cool about it is like, it's that real early 90s Simpsons look where it's, they're still kind of very loose and just there's, there's, they don't kind of have to conform to a model sheet. And it's that combined with the really surreal elements of early Simpsons. And so it's just this really charming combination of things expressed in art. and it's really cool. Gameplay is like shit, but it's it's weird see it's weird and cool to see that side of Simpsons so blown up.
4: Yeah,
3: like there's certain Game Boy games, I guess. Like there's one called Nubo that I love, where it's only like forty five minutes long and there's certain things visually I love about it, but it's a bad game. Yeah and it's like a really, really rare game as well that I got in Japan and I played it and I had a great time. But like, I would never fucking play that game again. And I have happy thoughts of funny, weird, like, there's a bit where you save Santa. Cool. <laughs> I don't know why, but
0: you play as like a weird yellow man. Uh, Okami. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of convinced no one has ever beaten Okami. Well, it's coming out on the Switch. Game is so fucking long.
1: I think it happens with film more than me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because I can kind of forgive that time if the aesthetics just look cool, but where it's a game, I'm kind of like, I'm out, you know, I'm not going to spend that many hours playing something. But with a film, like literally all of Wes Anderson's films, I don't like those characters or stories very much, but I think they look great.
3: Yeah, I think think 90% of like Wes Anderson characters are just assholes that are unrelatable, unlikable. Like sometimes you get like, I really like how that one was very mean to the other one, mm-hmm. and you latch
0: onto that. Moments character. happen between the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally.
1: Some Collins brothers films as well, where I'm like, I'm not connecting with this at all. Like, but I really like how it's looking, so I'll just stick with it. Probably film it happens a good bit. Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, I really like Inside Llewellyn Davis, uh, aesthetic wise, but it's not the kind of film I would like like. I really like that film. And no, like it's it's good. It, like I really I really enjoyed it, but I I didn't get anything. I, I like I, I didn't mm. I didn't get like a Coen brothers satisfaction from it. But then I also super appreciate the aesthetic of it because it looks more it looks more analog than a lot of the other films.
0: I know there's totally people out there who will be like, oh, Spring Breakers means a bunch of shit. Like <laughs> it's <laughs> I didn't get any of that, but I sure as hell like watching that movie.
1: I think like I do a lot of mental work for me liking Drive a lot of the time when I think it is pretty much just purely aesthetic, but I've built up this whole thing in my head about the driver and stuff, and I'm like, that's kind of cool.
0: No, I think that's, that's kind of cool. the power of strong aesthetic, though. Yeah, yeah, and it's
4: yeah. based—it's
3: based on a really, really short story. Like, like I think the original story for Drive is like very, very simple, and it, it, it is a simple film that is decorated
0: very very well
1: yeah the fact that i even want to stay in that world and kind of fill it out myself probably says a lot yeah totally
0: yeah. and like i think um you know it is simple but i also think the look of drive is like evoking a lot of older stuff as well mm-hmm. like there's a kind of there's a sort of heritage there that i think's kind of interesting that does kind of build up that world like it's not like they just kind of came up with this plastic thing. I think yeah. it calls back to a lot of stuff. I oh think... no,
1: like Baby Driver is the plastic version of Drive.
2: Like oh really? Super... Yeah,
1: it's just like, it's it's trying to evoke those feelings, but doesn't have the power of Drive at all Mm-mm. to do it. It's just like, here's some neon light lighting.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, what else we got? Uh, okay, thank you, Nadine. Thanks, Nadine. that was a great question.
3: Uh, this one is from Connie and uh to cut to the chase i've always been known to be the anime weeby friend of the group which i don't really have an issue with but one thing that keeps on happening is whenever there's a situation where gifts are given christmas birthdays and such i keep getting funko pops one christmas i got three from different family members and friends how do I tell people that I think they're the worst and ugliest type of figure that belongs in the trash You can't, you're <laughs> fucked Without rejecting the gift and seeming like an asshole I wonder if any of you have anything similar happen to you
0: uh, Yeah, that very thing uh, I we yeah. came home one Christmas and my generous, kind and lovely parents had bought me a Game of Thrones Funko Pop and, Love who? Uh, it was Ghost the Dog
4: that's not it a bad was one. not the
0: worst. Yeah, like, it was not the worst.
1: The animal ones are way less depressing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> depressing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, God, um, I've never
3: received a Funko Pop. I like I absolutely hate these, and I'm I'm someone who loves Kid Robot and vinyl toys and Funko Pop. I think Funko Pops destroyed all that. Yeah, yeah. no, like Funko Pop killed them, and uh, I, I hate them for it. Like but that's
1: Connie's in right there. Connie should just get really into um vinyl t- toys like really into the history of them and start just going on off, off on your friends and be like did you know that Funko Pops kill the vinyl artist toy industry yeah. just make that your whole mission statement so by the end of it they were like she wants a really good vinyl toy, so at least you'll yeah. get a nice one the
0: problem is though <laughs> that unless her friends are willing to take that journey with her people are gonna be like oh vinyl toys like Funko Pop. Uh, like, like, think of her parents and her aunts and uncles. And but stuff. if she
1: was specifically like, you know Funko Pop, those very popular figures that I used to love and appreciate the gifts I got of, they're actually maybe bad. Neve, <laughs> I
0: could totally see you bringing this up at like a family Christmas dinner. I'm not sure Connie is the point kind of person who can. Um, I would
3: just be like, I hate this. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like, 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 for me, um, I, I, I was always worried this was going to happen. So I kind of like... Put it out there with my parents so that they would put it out there with the extended family that I already had a lot of Funko Pops and I didn't want any more. <laughs> That's so smart.
1: That's a good route. That's yes.
3: really good.
1: Your collection has got too big and you're
4: running and,
3: out of room. And, and, and so, and I, I think like I think my mom told my aunt and I was like, yeah, it's, it's a bit ridiculous now. He shouldn't he shouldn't be getting those. <laughs> I honestly just just be like it's it's turning into an addiction
0: do you guys have uh, any particular funko pop that's like the very worst
3: i
1: saw one of ayn rand but i don't know if that's real or not oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was just like holy shit that was hell
3: what like it, so someone made that and they're not going to share it with anyone else because that's altruism isn't it um
1: the one that made me really annoyed was just george clooney from like tomorrowland or t- whatever that film was because it yep. was just a guy with grey hair and a brown suit and I was like this could be anyone and then they made loads of different George Clooney's in different movies
0: uh, certainly the I feel like the, the Tommy Pickles one is a dark moment for humanity yeah that, it's just it's it's hideous
3: I really don't like the ones of Mordecai and Rigby from Regular Show just because they really did the opposite of the model sheets of those designs
1: Steven Universe ones are really bad. They didn't give Pearl her nose. Idiots. <laughs> Which is like the defining characteristic. Of yeah, character. it, it's
0: such an important part of her silhouette because that, that's how you identify her. The Dragon Ball Z ones really annoy me because the Frieza one actually looks kind of all right. And I'm like, oh, why does this Frieza design look good in any form? There's a Sanrio character. He's like this cute little frog. Do you know him? I think so.
3: Uh, he has a pop vinyl and it's 100% on model him because what they did was you know how they have the black beady eyes but with this character i can't remember his name carapaco or something like that it's it's supposed to sound like ribbit ribbit. Uh, uh, and the way they've done his black beady eyes is that they're actually the pupils in his big white eyes so they didn't change anything to him Mm. and it's a nice sculpt and i might Get that just so I could be like, see, I do have a pop Funko pop uh, on. I would I wouldn't.
2: Yeah, no, they're yeah just that's crazy. Made.
4: No, I, oh. I, I really
0: like that frog. But yeah, but Brian, <laughs> you could get a nice figure of that frog. Mm-hmm. I bet you can. I think, I think, I'll, I'll think I think, I think yeah, I, I think,
1: think we'll go, we'll find yeah. you. One. Okay. you Brian, like, made. I
0: don't want you to know how it feels when you hold one of those things in your hands, it feels. Awful, like the plastic's so bad and they're Pain hollow. job's
1: bad, the seam lines are big, their heads how, are too how, big. How much do they cost? Like 10-15 like
3: euro? A bit to yeah. You. Uh, my girlfriend had one of uh, gender flipped fin, Fiona, Fiona, and it kept falling over because the head wasn't in the right place on the neck joint. So the balance was always off. And if you just like bumped off the desk, it would just fall.
0: I was there for her when she bought that. And I was like, Rebecca, don't. And then she bought it. And then I said, okay, I've got a really good website for you. And I wrote it down on a piece of paper and I gave it to her. And it was (laughs) TomPreston.blog.zone.
3: The other day, Rebecca was showing me what Tom Preston is up to. What's he up to? He's on Twitter and he's like, hey, um, I, I, I know people are having a tough tough time out there, but I'm here for you, and if someone who's like a right-wing person is being mean to you, send them my way and I'll fight them. So now he's just fighting loads of alt-right people on Twitter.
0: I mean, there's who's worse... Tom Preston?
3: Tom Preston's one of the most talented artists on DeviantArt.
1: You just... look excited but scared.
0: They just... You must... Okay, Tom Preston is the author of the cartoon so you want to be a cartoonist is that what it was called i think
3: so he's just lame he's just a really crappy cartoonist like he he just does web comics and stuff oh i've never seen these
0: oh my god it's like he's does super like oh fuck (laughs) mediocre web comics and they're like the most i feel shit i feel bad talking shit about him (laughs) <laughs> but like they're the most like they're just so mediocre like at least back in the day they were but he also like skyrocketed to the top of deviant yeah. he's like super famous you're like why this so-
1: i've never seen him i used to be into gamer like web comics was it games based or was it just no it, pop
0: culture it was a lot of like and like so- social relatable stuff oh it was a lot of like his experience at cons and stuff like that and he could be kind of a dick online and He wouldn't take criticism very well. Uh, You know what? He probably got shit worse than he should have, honestly. But he was just this kind of like... He was this weird internet person to check in on every now and then and be like, what the fuck?
3: But he's probably the kind of guy that has like a 100 pop finals still in their boxes on a wall. Man. Um, Okay. Uh, there's a vinyl toy shop in New York called, well there's, there's a few of them there's one called My Plastic Heart there's another one that is near Video Games New York just around the corner from there and they sell lots of old vinyl toys but they sell like McDonald's toys and hot and hot toys and just all these really really rare collectibles but in the basement they have all the pop vinyls and the reason they have it is because they need to keep the business running because retail is tough hmm. and they have to sell these things and they sell, but they're downstairs in their own floor, completely separate from the rest of the shop. That's just the way to do it.
1: Yeah, like if you're a serious collector and you go into a shop and when you see like a pop vinyl, like sometimes like you just want to leave.
3: Yeah, so it's real clever how they've done it because it has like a doorway in and right away there's a stairs down the left, but then you have to walk a bit further into the actual shop.
1: It's like, get your crap down here.
3: Yeah, and you go down there once, and you go, okay, and you never go down there again. It's it's a very, very clever technique on how to handle, you know, figure collecting, and how there's figure collecting, and then there's, you know, collecting worthless plastic
1: so connie just get like an extension and put your (laughs) put your funko pops in a separate room
0: yeah Yep. that's what you do no just tell them you've you have enough yeah you 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 just you love funko pops so much that
3: it's become a problem you have completed your collection thank you everyone for your help
1: i think just say i hate these don't give them to me anymore like people will remember that there will be no mistakes you'll never get one again
0: you make people sad, Dave.
1: I want a GameStop
3: voucher. Just say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just say I actually like vouchers. I just yeah, I, I usually spend it on food. What else do you got, friend? Okay, this next one is from Ryu. Like from seriously? From Street Fighter, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> what if you have too much love and not enough time? I knew it. I have so many theories about Ryu. Sorry, one. Okay. I hope you can understand. I, 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 because his name is Ryu I, and I like his icon, I'm going to do this in a voice. Is his, is his
0: icon Ryu from Street Fighter? That's
3: like a weird sad ghost thing. I hope you can understand this email because I'm a 17 year old boy from Austria and so my structure and grammar may suck. It's fine, so do I. No, perfectly fine. In the last few years, I got really into media consuming, got into anime, always played video games and follow an unhealthy amount of YouTubers and podcasts. Well, drop those fuckers, first of all. (laughs) Around 600 plus. Jesus. I think. And from time to time, I watch a lot of movies or read manga.
0: (laughs) I like how he's getting more dangerous. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it, it
3: is. It's going down this... So my problem is, a long time ago, I discovered that I don't want to only consume things. Last year, I started writing and
0: after that started a YouTube channel it wasn't that's cool fair play I just want to point out Brian's not making fun of you all that stuff is really good yeah yeah no
3: oh oh, it wasn't really successful because there doesn't seem to be a big audience for bad German analysis videos about (laughs) anime. look that's my first Google search (laughs) it's fine there is an audience for bad Irish analysis of (laughs) It's so mean Remember when you first started doing a challenge? People were like, "What's wrong with your accent?" Yeah, and they were like, "I'm not American." That still happens. (laughs) Why do you sound different?
0: I can't help it.
3: I also got into drawing, and I really love it when I get around to it. (laughs) That
0: sounds (laughs) okay.
3: Okay, I'll I'll read the rest of it. And recently, I tried to get good, (laughs) and now it's weird. Thanks to Dragon Ball Fighters Z. Fighters
0: Dragon Ball The Fighters The Z I don't know how, Why you have to Keep pronouncing it Like that
3: Don't worry I'm sure someone In the comments Will correct us Thank you no sir No one in the
0: comments Has ever corrected us Over anything <laughs>
3: <laughs> Which also took A lot of time The last one Okay so yeah, so You're real into the stuff I'd like to know How long it took you To get good at drawing Or how to balance Consuming stuff And producing art I'd also appreciate If you have advice In regards to my hobbies I mean, if I should just do them at the same time or getting decent uh, in one of them and then moving on to the next. I really love all of them uh, at the moment, but I feel like I don't really improve because I'm doing just one of them is my main focus. Okay, so this is just mainly about balancing, being creative and consuming media Mm. as well. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of about becoming an adult.
1: Yeah, you realize that there's no time and that the concept of, like, becoming a sentient wall seems cool. Like, you're like, sweet, things will stop and I'll have time.
3: Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I think time is the most valuable commodity once you... Yeah, like, like for me, I think it was in my early 20s and I was like, oh, my God.
0: Time is so much more important than money. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. I, I just think you just scale time differently as you get a bit older. Uh, but I, I, I remember as a teenager just, like wasting my fucking time
1: but years just lasted so long oh my god yeah everything's moving so fast like imagine all of that and like like anything else you could possibly have on top of that like a dog (laughs) you know basically there isn't enough time for everything it's probably good to pick a few things that you really like because you'll run out of money for these things as well as time. So yep. it's good to pick like something that you're like, I'm gonna invest in this as a hobby. But then, I mean, I think it's also good to have a wide range, but know that you'll never, it's like being a red mage. Yeah. You might master something, but it's good to know a lot about everything.
3: Yeah, like at, 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 the, at the moment I have a commute to work. And so I try to use that time effectively. Um, so I line up a bunch of stuff in advance on YouTube with my watch later's, or I have a comic that I want to read, mm-hmm. um, and that's personal time that I get to have to myself.
1: There's this book called The Power of Habit, and it's basically turning things like your hobbies into habits. So, like, if you like have a bit of free time before bed and you kind of like waste it away, you could be like, I could get a comic in in this time, and then you do that, and you're like, I'm gonna read a comic every Wednesday night or something by the end of the year you've read 52 comics you know Mm -hmm. it's like you have to get clever with donating time to things you actually want to achieve because you just won't
0: totally i think learning to do things and like getting a feel for what's wasting your time like there was a point in the last week where i started to feel like into the breach is wasting my time like it is it is firing all the correct synapses when I'm playing it, but then when I'm done, I don't feel like I got anything out of it, and so that's it, it's a good indication to stop something like that. Like that's when I, I get terrified when I hear people spending thousands of hours on like MMOs because it's like if it's making them happy, awesome, but like there's so much stuff that yeah, yeah, like, there's mountains. Yeah,
3: um, but you know how there's like kind of low attention media that you can consume like podcasts Mm -hmm. where or like very very simply shot comedy shows that are super binge watchable like you shouldn't be treating them like you're watching a new episode of game of Thrones or something like they should be on while you're doing chores or doing menial tasks like that's like I, i i do think it's good to like have a tier of like different media where you know like this is some base level shit that I can put on the background mm. and then you've got like the luxury stuff all the way at the top that you know you give 100% of your attention to um, like I, I know in the past few years when I go to the cinema I'm like okay I'm paying and I'm gonna go see a movie in the cinema and it better be a good two hour experience I think that's why I, I end up watching a lot of movies like six months after they come out
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Just like It is a time commitment to go to the cinema as well. So you're just like, this better be worth it.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think it's also a good idea to figure out the difference between enjoying doing something and the and enjoying the idea of being good at something. Because there's some stuff I just like to do because I like to do it. And so I get good at it just because I naturally go to it. But there's been other stuff in my life where, for a long time, I've really liked the idea of being good at it and put a lot of hours into it but not actually really enjoyed the thing itself, you know? Like, I I played guitar for a long time, but I only really liked the idea of being good at guitar. I didn't like the actual... I had no interest in, like, the actual technique behind it or really getting better. I just thought it would be a cool thing to do. And so, like, I kind of... I don't consider it wasted time, but, like, it never led anywhere, you know what I mean? And so figure out the things you really enjoy because there you invariably will be the things that you're really good at.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
2: The
1: things you like the most will probably rise to the top basically. They yeah.
0: Will... Over time they over time I think if you give yourself the time and the space to figure it out, you will just do that shit naturally.
3: You are seeking a comfort and that comfort will seek you.
0: Yeah. And like when you find the stuff that you're really good at, it's i feel like it's kind of it takes on a life of its own and you can't really control it because you're just gonna do it
1: and there's never an end to things like say getting good at art that's like a lifelong thing but Mm -hmm. so is like every even hobby you have like you know so again with the time thing
0: i think uh, yeah that's really true and i think like with stuff like that where it's lifelong thing people try and break it down into goals people try and say like well i want to be this good at art or i want, you know I want this many people to buy my picture or stuff like that and like you know as someone who, who went through that whole thing with YouTube I can tell you it's never enough no quantifiable number is ever enough you always want what's over like the next horizon and so the key there is just enjoy the process and forget about the results the results are a byproduct like the results we have far less control over the results than we think we do, but what we can control is the kind of stuff we make and we work on. And that's where the real enjoyment of this stuff is, I think.
3: Don't measure yourself off others. No.
0: no. Or anything.
3: Yeah. Just just have make fun. stuff and enjoy it. You're scaling at your own pace. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is our last email, and it's from Ernesto. Uh, it's uh, about culture and holidays. Hi guys, been listening to you for over a year now, and I really liked the recent episode where Brian and Neve talked about Irish culture, and the Halloween special where you guys talked about spooky Irish folklore. That that was a while ago. That's that was that was our first Halloween episode. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, I found it very interesting because I am a child of Mexican immigrants here in the USA, and. Whenever a holiday a holiday like Cinco de Mayo comes around in America, Americans tend to advertise it a lot more than Mexican people do because like St. Patrick's Day in America, it is basically just an excuse to throw a party and drink. Well, my experience with Cinco de Mayo is that there's a day where we beat the f- French or something, but since St. Patrick's Day is coming up, my question is what is your experience as an Irish person living in Ireland with St. Patrick's Day? This was a very nicely timed question because this is our kind of St. Patrick's Day weekend recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, where are you guys in town today?
4: Yes. Uh,
0: no.
3: Oh. I went to SuperValu though, and town fucking sucked today. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, my bus took
0: like an hour and a half because of all the bullshit.
1: I walked home, and it was eight o'clock. And there's people screaming. There's shouting. There's people outside pubs already.
0: We can hear people like outside now screaming yeah. and shouting. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Patrick's Day is just a big excuse for people to get pissed. No one has any. Uh, there are there is so few people in Ireland who feel anything like proud or emotional about St. Patrick's Day. It's just a day where everyone drinks. And St.
3: Patrick's Day is to celebrate St. Patrick bringing Catholicism to Ireland, isn't it? Or yeah. Yeah. yeah, and banishing the snakes or the sin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. You, you learn about that in primary school, and you're a little kid, and you're like, cool, he fought the snakes. But then, like, and, and you go to a parade, and they'll have, like... God, fucking St. Patrick's Day parades are the weirdest thing, because it's, like, this weird mix of, like, everybody from, like, different classes in your city, all, like, in a row. Yeah. And so you have, like, the hippies who've made their floats, but... This is like their one thing they do every year and they're like real proud of. And like one and one guy's always St. Patrick and like the beard is real. But then you have like the God Squad who are like old people with rosary beads and they're praying for all of us. Uh, they're, they're the same people you see at the, the, the abortion. They're the anti-abortion. Oh, I've
0: seen some. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen some some old ugly men walking around with signs lately. Yeah,
3: and sometimes what they'll do is they'll have like a Virgin Mary statue, um, but they'll all be holding like uh, like a bit of it and they'll be like marching it along. Just shit like that. But then they'll have like Aerolingus giving out chocolate. Yeah. Like, it's the weirdest shit. Our town
1: is really small. We had like just tractors pulling yeah. other tractors. Just all. all sh- I love that shit. It's a new tractor, then a slightly older tractor, then like a more vintage tractor. And then it was just. Guys in the
3: town who owned motorbikes. Oh, and oh, and lo- and, and shit on a marching band, and sometimes there's a tractor with a trailer on the back with children dancing on it, but they keep almost falling over because you know that's how gr- the force you know the, you've got this force of motion and it it's not it's it's not safe.
0: I definitely think like uh, a lot of the stuff you guys said on that episode that he was talking about rang really true. Where like I think. I think Irish people have a really strange relationship with being Irish. I think there's 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 not a whole lot of Irish people. There's not a whole lot of people who like genuinely like grew up in Ireland that are super pumped about it. No, like maybe Michael D. Higgins. Maybe Michael D. Higgins. He's our president, he's and lovely. Then, and then I think you guys you guys touched on like the thing where like a lot of people who are not born in Ireland will be like, I'm Irish.
4: <laughs>
0: and it's like when 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 an American person says that to me, like I, I get it, like you know they're proud of their heritage or whatever, but it's also this kind of thing where it's like, uh, not really, like not 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 in that sense.
1: That kind of amplifies by tenfold around St. Patrick's Day as well.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. You're just like, I, this is. I want to get so far away from Ireland right now, but you
0: can't. Mm-hmm.
3: And so many tourists come in and just
0: tear up the place yeah, yeah. like uh, you could not pay me to go to town tomorrow
1: yeah like everyone who has any sense now is staying inside for the entire weekend
3: yeah yep that's why i got kirby mm-hmm. that's why you guys are coming over mm-hmm. like
1: you just get time off work and it's like batting down the hatches like it's happening it's it's, it's, it's right? like
0: a natural disaster yeah. yeah like if i had to go to like the supermarket to get bread tomorrow i'd be like oh fuck like who. There's going to be like drunks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, I was going to go to Insomnia
4: tomorrow. <laughs> John, no, do not. Be super weird.
0: John, don't you're going to
3: fuck that. up so bad. Don't. I,
0: I did not. I I don't fuck up Insomnia. Insomnia fucks up me. <laughs>
1: insomnia is this little ca- coffee shop that John goes to, and it's just he's only had bad experiences there.
0: That's not. I, there's been so many times where I'll just sit down and I'll just draw some Street Fighter fan art, and it's really nice. Yeah, but John, there's going to be like drunk guys with their dicks out. Like, you don't want that.
3: <sighs> I don't want that. I <laughs> was like, that yeah, that's real. Uh, I, I like, I don't know. I, it's cool we get a day off. Sure. And, uh, the way St Patrick's Day has landed this year is that it's on a Saturday, so we get the Monday off. So we get a three day weekend. That's pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, but I think, oh, excuse me. There's definitely like a really different relationship to like St Patrick's Day and just the broader idea of being Irish here. Yeah like because it's such a point of pride in america mm-hmm. but then it's like you know in america i think they're they're relating back to a time that kind of no longer exists i remember i actually met this irish guy in australia before and he had left ireland in the 1960s moved to australia to like make his fortune and to this day, he's the most Irish-looking fucker I ever met. He had, like, a tweed waistcoat and, like, the Irish farmer's cap and, like, a check shirt <laughs> because that's what people looked like in Ireland when he left, and he never let go of that. And that's not what people look like in Ireland now unless, like, you know, it's real out in the country or something. And he's, like, this kind of... Relic of time and it's really it was really strange and my dad was like what is with that fucking guy (laughs) even though him And my dad were the same age, you know, and so yeah, it's interesting being being Irish is weird Yeah, Mm -hmm. we're like our
3: country is so small on the globe like it is just a tiny little country
0: completely neutral We don't got no allegiance to no one. Yeah Yeah, like we're strong there's parts I like, there's parts I think hurts. that are cool about Ireland. I think it's cool that like we were we were beside Britain for like so many hundreds of years and we gave them so much fucking shit. Yeah. Like they'd fucking colonised like India and places all over the world, and there was this shitty little island where they just fucking couldn't quite
4: get it. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like,
0: I think that's kind of fun. We fucking survived a famine
3: and shit. Yeah. And we're the byproduct. Like our, our ancestors did some dirty shit to get there. mm Hmm and we are the scraps
0: yeah great question really yeah it's really interesting to think about it um i don't know much about
3: cinco de mayo or mexican holidays i watched coco and that was really really good that's about dia las muertes i didn't know that dia las muertes wasn't a, a one night thing but it's like 20 It it. it it's a 48 hour kind of session where it goes from like the end of October to the start of November. Was that the thing you mentioned in his email, or was that Cinco de Mayo? Cinco de Mayo. Right. Um, and what's Cinco de Mayo, then? It's about when they beat the French. I don't know anything about Cinco de Mayo. It's not celebrated here.
0: There's so, I hear so many random little wars across the world where France got the shit kicked out of them. Anyway.
3: Uh, yeah. Do you know that if you Google French military victories, it goes... Did you mean French military defeats?
1: Hmm? Really? <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> They've never won anything. I mean like neither have we? No, we... We, we
0: got you. <laughs> we got Niamh.
3: Niamh's pretty good. Yeah.
0: Okay, that's okay. it. Okay, let's move on to our loot drop.
3: This is the last bit of the podcast where we give you things that we thought were cool we're all so tired we're so t- it's mid- it's midnight yeah, yeah. It's fine. we had to
0: start this super late
3: that's grand okay
0: John you've got three loot drops that's right what? so first off
3: we got UFO footage no first of all we have the Gregory Horror Show mean it doesn't
0: matter what order
3: it does it does not Gregory Horror Show UFO footage and the daigo there you go
0: everyone my loot drops communicated through Brian they'll be in the fucking description and
3: on the twitter <laughs> It'll be like one out of tree, two out of tree, three out of tree. Here's John's
0: butt. I just, I hope everyone enjoys Gregory Horror Show. Neve, what do you got?
1: A uh, YouTuber called Big Joel.
0: Oh, yeah, he's great. He's great.
1: Um, The algorithms have sent him towards all of us lately. Yeah,
0: that's, this is something that happens. We all get like the three, like us and our circle of friends all get like the same YouTuber at the same time. Did you, did you see this? And
3: we're like, yeah, I just watched it. And it's like
0: what do you think? And you get into this thing. Big Joel is very good and deserves more subscribers. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's like some really great videos. Uh, The one, the kind of big one that I've seen going around the most is the existential of Logan, existentialism of Logan Paul's content. I think that's his biggest video. Yeah, Yeah. That's really good. But all the other ones he's done are like, he's like one on Bambi, that's great. He's one on like, like PSA videos about like gayness. It's like, he, he, does, he picks interesting topics.
0: Yeah. He's a cool guy. I, he, he's someone, like, I'd be so genuinely curious to see, like, where his channel's going and what kind of stuff he's going to get into.
3: Yeah, that's... that. I'm, I, 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 I've I I've, I've subscribed, and I can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah. Brian, what do you got? Uh, I have a short film that I made. <gasps> I am
0: plugging my own thing. Are we allowed to do that? Yes. So, people who listen to this podcast know that I think Brian is a nightmarish hell person but the n- dude knows how, knows how to make short movies and this is probably my favourite movie he's ever made and I really, really encourage people to check it out. He's a very talented young boy.
3: Thank you. Uh, we are, in fact, animators. One of us did an animation for once.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Because uh, most of our work is professional and we, we don't... We're like, yeah, we worked on that but we're not going to plug that. But I guess if it's something personal and... It's very hard to do the personal thing these days
1: This is just like it's really sweet it's about two sisters
3: Yeah, are they sisters? They're sisters um, Why wouldn't they be sisters, Niamh? They are a family What? Because they're not the same species?
1: I just I thought maybe they were friends hmm. No,
3: no Interesting they're, um, It's meant to be a family unit
1: Okay So it's about a little two sisters and their Game Boy dad Yeah um, <laughs> Surviving a rainy day together It's really cute.
3: That's all it's about. It's called Rainy Day Melancholy. And I I, I guess it's something that kind of relates back to Ireland just because we have very, very rainy weather.
0: How long did you spend working on this, Brian?
3: On and off, about six months. And I made another film in between (laughs) because I got bored of this one and I needed to take a break. But I did like a minute of animation a month, which is pretty good. but I know we get questions about animation a lot and we kind of get hesitant about answering them because it's professional stuff and we don't know if we can say certain things or we have to kind of like say something nice when we can't really say what we want to say. No, it was a great show. I uh, I worked on it. <laughs> You've uh, you, given
1: away the key. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we but, don't mean what we say.
3: But dear listeners, um, this is a short film I made and... If it gets a nice response or if you have any questions, maybe I might do a bit on the next episode where I talk about it a bit more. Just about how I went about making it. And I hope to make another film soon. And here's to being creative.
0: Awesome. So there we go, guys. It's after midnight and we're finished up. How are we feeling? I'm fucking tired. I'm working on shitty videos all day and I want to go to sleep. I can't wait to see your next video. Uh... It's gonna be good. Yeah, maybe.
3: No, it's gonna be really good. The uh, thing you were showing. Well, yeah, yeah it's gonna be good. Niamh, I can't wait. can to see your video about pop team epic.
0: <laughs> and and it's like why that third panel matters.
2: <laughs>
4: it does.
0: That oh my god, that would be such a fucking like just typical pop team epic. Why the third panel matters. Like I could see that on. Oh my god. I think when I first read pop team. Epic, I hate on the toilet YouTube <laughs> so much. And like it's got
3: the best motion graphics and it doesn't say anything you didn't know already there's so many fucking videos like that okay. anyway yeah guys thank you for joining us
1: let's all go to sleepy town
3: alright all aboard the talking express choo choo next stop dreamland
1: there's spiders oh
2: okay